up, dude? What's up? How can you hear me? Am I sound good? Yeah, sounds perfect. All right. I was a little worried about this. I found these in like my closet. No, those are actually the best headphones, dude. I literally, that's what I tell people. I'm like, hey, do you have those Apple headphones with the little, because I'm an idiot. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, the ones with the little shit. You can use those if you want. I don't give a shit. Nah, dude. I was trying to avoid having to use like my gaming headset. Like oh, no, this, dude. So I, dude, I, I want to get a gaming headset to use. I got this, I got this microphone and it. Yeah. It makes the audio sound better for for you. Um, it's kind of making it better on the podcast, but I still haven't quite figured out like the uh, the intricacies of fucking mastering audio. So I still don't really know what's going on. It's I got this. I've been trying this software called OBS, and it's supposed to rip okay. the audio directly from like so like because normally I would just use the MacBook recorder. Can you hear me good? Well, I can't speak yeah. English. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to rip the audio directly. Or I've been using, at first I was using the MacBook uh, microphone and it was just, that was just getting my voice and then it was just recording like the feedback from the speakers. And I was like, all right, that's janky as shit. So I got a microphone and then OBS Studios is supposed to rip it directly from the whatever pro, whatever audio is coming in from whoever's speaking to me. So it's supposed yeah. to sound better. The problem is, is it, it's so like intensive. It, it fucking, my, ironically enough, my laptop starts to undergo like nuclear fusion. It gets so fucking hot. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's uh, it's always a toss up. Sometimes they, I'll turn on and the guests will be like, "I can't fucking hear you, man." <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Or vice versa. I, I, for me, like I'm decent with computers, but once you start talking to like audio and shit, that's like, <sighs> yeah, like... Well, yeah. I don't know anything about it. I'm just like, can you hear it? <laughs> like, but yeah, I'm I got, I'm starting to pick it up more when I like listen to other podcasts. Like shit, I never would have noticed before. I'm like, oh, that is like crisp sound. That yeah, is I like... listened to one like the first two episodes. They were like, oh, this is like horrible. And then they even put like a preface later into them, and they were like, we apologize for the audio. Yeah. It gets better episode three. Yeah, like... yeah. My first episodes, it literally sounds like it sounds like a fucking it sounds like a home video like re-recorded onto a Game Boy. It's like oh, I was just like oh. I didn't know what to do, so I would just fucking I would get the video and I would just go into settings and be like turn the audio up six hundred percent, upload yeah. it. I'd be like job well done. And like now, do yeah, now it's like I'm getting better, but um yeah, I imagine in a month I'll be looking back at this podcast and be like oh my god, I'm such a fucking idiot. So um yeah um so, yeah so um. Yeah, dude, introduce yourself because uh, I always forget to introduce guests so people don't know who yeah, the fuck no I'm problem. talking to. Um, so I'm Kevin Cogan. Uh, I'm a nuclear equipment operator. So when we're talking about this, I also say that like I'm pretty new to the industry myself. Um, I did, and we'll talk about more about this later, but I did three years at a trade school, which is a pretty interesting place. It's like tuition free. Yeah. Uh, there's six trades there. Yeah, I was wondering. You have, like, it's like uh, pretty fraternal. Like there's 18 guys per class. It's very small, um, and it's uh, like kind of like the military. Like you're up at like six in the morning. Yeah. Uh, shoes are shine. Wearing a uh, wearing a suit coat. All that. Fuck yeah. So yeah. So I learned my trade there, and then um, developed it at two internships. One was at a combined cycle plant, which is natural gas. They basically use a, a jet engine, and then I did another one at a. a a nuclear plant in uh, New Jersey. And um, those were like three months stints each. And then uh, from there, I went to where I'm at now. I'm a nuclear equipment operator. And I did, you do like uh, 18 months of training and some of that's classroom, about 10, 10 months to a year of classroom. And then you go over and do 
OJT, all in the job training. And you get physically, I think I have it here, you get physically handed like a book that you need to get, you know, certain tasks to do, signatures, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And then after that, you're a fully qualified operator, which I'm now, and I've been that for about a year now. Um, so like I, like I said, I'm, I'm still new, but in that short amount of time, you have to learn a lot to get where I'm at and the people above me are at. So I think I'm the youngest person in my department, which is cool, but also, you know, like, there's negatives to it, but, uh, yeah. yeah, that's kind of my background. Yeah. Yeah. No, you sent me those videos. I watched them. It was, was it this was, I forget, I forget the name of the school, but what, it was founded in 1888 and had, they've had consecutive classes there since 1890. Yeah, yeah no, it sounds, it sounds cool. It's, it's, that's what, that's the vibe I got from it. It sounds a lot like I listened to a book on, um, on FDR, not knowing that it was his like family and aunt, the book was about like his ancestry like barely about his presidency but it, it's he went to some school called i think it's called like groton i don't know where it's I, I don't know part of me thinks it's in connecticut part of me thinks it was in like the midwest but yeah it, it talks about it. it's like you know well granted fdr was from like almost like billionaire royalty but like the general it was like it wasn't like a normal like go you know go act a fool it was like you get there and it's very much like you said fraternity it was it was they it was supposed to be like they instill you with traits that are going to stay with you your whole life and it's um yeah it's it's i i get that i was in a fraternity in college and like from the outside you kind of look at it like oh you're all right keg stands and like a bunch of guys doing cocaine and it's like i mean there was definitely some like crazy stories but like really like what i got from that was like Pledgeship was so difficult that I just that if it didn't instill me with one thing, it was it taught me just to like to finish what I'm doing. Like I hated yes. it while I was doing it, but I just remember thinking I was like I'm gonna get initiated just so I can quit. I was like I'm like and then I got initiated and the, the guys were, I was talking to them yesterday. They're still my best friends ten years later. But like it's definitely instilled me. I mean that's three years after that I got into medical school and I would attribute that entirely to that. It's just kind of break you in so. Not that that has anything to do with nuclear reactors, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I had nothing when when I when I went to school. We don't learn anything about nuclear. We learn it's all fossil fuels. We we have two boilers. They burn oil, natural gas, we have a turbine. So it's like the power plant behind it. That's similar. Um, when you talk about nuclear, all nuclear is is a is a regular power plant with a turbine, with. Um, with a, uh, I already said term with a turbine, pretty much everything else a generator. But then instead of a boiler with like or boiler burning fossil fuels or a jet engine like I talked about earlier, uh-huh. it's just a nuclear reactor with fuel bundles in it. So it's still this. The process is the same as steam generation from heat, and then you you put that steam generation into a turbine, spin it, that spins a generator. That's all the same. But but even then, like my you know my trade, we we learned how to do that. So you, you transfer to nuclear easily because, yeah, there's differences in what's going on inside the reactor building versus inside the turbine or inside the, um, the gas turbine compartment. But the fundamentals of how to be an operator is what we learned there. It's, it's all very the same. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, my, when I first got to my school, I, I had no idea about any of this, like power generation. I, dude, I got, someone said nuclear energy. I was like, 
where they just like heat it and then it kind of like resonates and then like there's like electricity and electrons and then like magically your iPhone is charged. Yeah. Like that's like that was my understanding. That's how of it, it still is to me. I'm like, well, they do the power thing and there's a bunch of guys in hard hats and you know, skiddly doodah, like, one, I'm, two, three, yeah. and I'm like, and now my laptop works. So it's that simple. It's you know, it's it's yeah, it's physics. It's like I have a biology major, dude, and it's still I still look at like protein production and like dna and rna like i understand like every, the rest of physiology and then i'm like and then you know it goes into the nucleus and uh skiddly do not abracadabra and now you have blue yeah. eyes and i'm just like that's I, it <laughs> stop asking I mean, questions I, you're happy with like that little bit of knowledge you have you're like i don't want to go any further i don't want to cool. don't, <laughs> don't ruin don't ruin my world view it's perfect it's like santa's real just leave it alone yeah yep. it's yeah that's one thing i was thinking about last night because i've i any interest or a knowledge i have is actually an, an illusion of knowledge because i just like to listen to books and anything that's interesting to me and there was a stint where i think it was after chernobyl came out on like hbo last year i watched that and i was uh, like uh, i was like yeah rbmk reactors don't explode um but i was like that's yeah I just the whole sort of the insanity of it all made me realize i was like you know excuse me i was like it was such like a dangerous thing and what got me thinking wasn't like how can this not happen again like i didn't care about it it's i was just like what is the payoff because there is a reason that it was worth doing and still yeah, doing yeah. even if it if that happened and i was like what is so there's something you know it's like evil Knievel, like breaking his back on a stunt or something and it's like but he's still doing it why is he still doing it and you're like man i bet it must be an adrenaline rush I was like, mm -hmm. we still do nuclear power. I'm like, there must be a reason for it. And I started looking into it. And I was like, this is black magic. It is. Yeah, dude. It is black uh, I magic. There and uh, like, so I'm, like I said, I'm a nuclear equipment operator. So that means that I'm on the floor. I'm turning valves, I'm running equipment. I'm taking readings on the equipment. And then there's the reactor operator, which is the guys. They're the Homer Simpsons. They're the guy in the room turning switches. <laughs> They're the ones that are in charge of reactivity. And to, to make reactivity changes to a nuclear reactor, you have to be licensed by the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the NRC. So you take testing, similar to what I did, but they take – theirs is actually sanctioned by them where I just kind of take a mock test similar to what they take. Mm -hmm. So I'm a non-licensed operator. They're licensed operators. They understand how nuclear reactivity works a lot more than I do. Mm -hmm. My job is just to operate the plant. Now, obviously, I have to have a pretty decent understanding of it to, to work there. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, as far as, like, understanding exactly what's going on and, hey, if they if they insert this control rod or withdraw it, what will happen down to the very last system that they're touching? Um, and we, like I said, we have a general knowledge of that, too. But, but yeah, dude, that show Chernobyl um, – me and my girlfriend watched it, man, and like I like I was getting like anxiety watching it, dude. It was like <laughs> Yeah. It was like Dude, it, yeah. it's uh those guys in the room in the beginning wearing like the white lab yeah. coats, like yeah. that's like I mean, we don't look like cooks modern day, but like that's it. Like you're in a room and you just have this sun burning next to you yeah. like a hundred feet, man. Like <laughs> it's just like it's yeah, it's yeah it's like the power of the gods is right there and it's yeah it's just like flip the like akimov like i literally just like watched a clip of it like right before i started and i was like oh be, the reactor exploded it's core. the core exploded and i was just like yeah i was like yeah that's 
but yeah, there's like a reason for it. And it's just, it, it does almost seem like this, like this, like sort of like magic though. It's like, we take this like rod and we put it in here and it's going to heat up. The, but, but ultimately at the same time, it's, it's weird because as advanced as it is, it's still almost the most basic thing. Cause ultimately we're just heating up water. Yeah. They have this shit like, down to a science dude. Yeah. Like, like, there, we have whole departments called reactor engineers, which can determine over the life of a core. So, like, the average life of your fuel is six years. Okay. And then you cycle that in basically thirds. So you have, like, your fuel in, and then the first third, you don't all put it in at once. The first third will leave, and then you put new fuel in there, and then that second third will leave, and then you put new fuel in there. Yeah. And that, yeah, so so on and so forth. And you do that every two years, and you just keep recycling a third of the core. Exactly and like the Senate. You, and and they have this sort of under a science, the reactor engineers, where it's like, all right, where if we move this rod here after on the second move to here, we're gonna generate more power. Like like they're it, they know exactly what they're doing down to the megawatt, down yeah. to the down to everything. Like uh, it's it's very controlled. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh to talk about Chernobyl, because I'm sure people that watch this are going to want to hear about like the accidents and yeah, the yeah. blowing shit up yeah, shit. Yeah, um, no one cares when it goes when it goes swimmingly. <laughs> nah, no, it's one like cares. okay, cool, like, yeah, whatever. My light bulb come on. Tell me about exactly. the accidents. Yeah. No one thinks about it. Yeah, the yeah. three major accidents in nuclear are Three Mile Island, which I think you probably most people in America know about that one. Yeah. Um, Fukushima and Chernobyl and. The whole thing about the nuclear industry is that we're a learning industry. Hmm. We must learn from our mistakes in order to operate safely because that's what we do is we're protecting the public. Um, and everything that has ever happened in the nuclear industry, from Three Mile and for people not validating a balanced position um, to Fukushima for not having a reliable emergency backup power and for Chernobyl for bypassing safety systems and proceeding in the unknown – which is something we don't do. If we cannot answer what will happen before we do it, we don't do it. Hmm. Um, it's a very slow, methodical approach to operation. And it's kind of odd because we're also a publicly traded company. We want to make money. So, you know, having that fight between yeah, profit safety and, yeah. and then profit, it's, it's funny how it plays out in the real world, but we do pro safety is prioritized. Yeah. We, we do not proceed in the face of uncertainty. Um, yeah. It's uh, so all those things like they were Chernobyl. They they did a pretty good job. Like they bypassed turbine trip systems, tried to make their turbine coast down um, on just the steam that was currently in the reactor, and then um, uh, they isolated their they isolated their turbine after they tried to do this. Basically, it they no longer have a place to put all that pent up energy, and then. This part I'm not exactly too good with, but but uh, whatever they were using for their moderator, like graphite, they had like tips on it or something. Yeah. So when it when it when as soon as they isolated, it built back up, and I think a chain reaction inside the reactor caused it to explode. Yeah. So it was it was really just a them proceeding in the face of uncertainty and bypassing safety systems, which we do not do at all. Mm. And we have redundancies built in where if we do bypass one for testing, you have three more sitting there to back you up. Like it's very, very methodical. For Fukushima, it was, um, 
they were they were doing okay they got hit with like nine consecutive tsunamis which is like holy shit like <laughs> we're not, uh it's like what what do you want us to do at that point but um their problem was that they their their diesel which all nuclear plants have diesel power for backup fuel we have to be able to run our safety systems in the event that we have a loop which is a loss of all site power we have to be able to make backup power to cool the reactor if we shut down their their fuel tanks got physically washed away so they didn't so they couldn't run their diesels and it got to the point where people were literally bringing car batteries from the from their from the parking lot down to try to power stuff and our response to that was that we we had these things called flex and b5b which is like we can get within 24 hours a nuclear plant can get all these backup pumps diesel fuel flowed into our plants or driven in and we also have stuff on site to to cool in various ways like we we never allow one thing to hurt us yeah like never allow it so with with uh what was it flex what flex and b5b yeah they're yeah they're both responses to uh accidents and mitigation strategies for like outside events that could hurt us like tornadoes stuff like that like if power lines go down yeah it's about yeah having an immediate like supply line how does that how is that affected right now where supply lines are shut down (laughs) it's interesting because right right now we're in a we're in a refueling outage or we're going into one soon um and that thing i was talking about like the core life gets shuffled we're going into an outage and so we have two units one of them is down power it's about to go down and we have this coronavirus shit going around so it's like everyone's like social distance right no more than groups of 10 people we're about to turn into a city with 2,000 people yeah. and it's like uh, you like how to, what are you doing like we're talking about making operators stay over the plant like sleep there we're trying to social distance operators from the rest of the plant because ultimately if we're not there we can't run They'll physically take our keys and say, no, you're not allowed anymore. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's a challenging time for everybody. And like, you know, that's above my pay grade to make yeah. the call. But dude, it's like everybody's uncertain and we're kind of just yeah. waiting for the first case to break out. Yeah, well, it, it comes down to like, so I had on a physician yesterday and he was talking about like coronavirus and like, you know, how they're treating it. And he's like, it's really not difficult to treat. He's like, it can be treated. He's like, it's the amount of people that need to be treated. It's almost yeah. like, like you can, like you could hold a penny. Hell, you could probably. Here, you're a young guy. You could probably hold a hundred pennies, right? You know, but, so pennies aren't hard to hold. Can you hold six hundred trillion? No, that will crush a fucking tank into a pancake. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's like, so we get to a point where we're like, he's like the unthinkable, but you get to a point where you're like, okay, now we have two incoming patients that just walked in side by side, both equally sick. One of them's 85 and has had three heart attacks, and one of them's 25. It's, which one's probably going to live? Okay, what if they have equal probabilities of living? Okay, well, now which one deserves to live? And it's like, that one got eight decades. Like, it's, that guy still should get to, so it gets to a point where it's like, you start weighing, you just go to the extremes, and it's like, all, like, you have to remove and not in a negative way so much as it's a tactical way you have to remove it's like how they say like surgeons should never know who they're operating on because they have to be compassionate doctors which they are but they yes. also have to remove themselves from the situation and look at it as a car or like a bomb and be like this is what i have to do right now you can't think about oh my god i might lose my daughter you have to be like this is what i'm doing and this is going to save this person it might not 
So you have to break, you have to almost remove the humanity from the situation in order to be humane on the whole. Yes. All that said, tying it into like a nuclear power plant, it's, I would imagine it gets to a point where it's like, which one is more dangerous, a nuclear power plant melting down or coronavirus? Mm-hmm. It's probably more dangerous to have this thing melt down. It's in my completely uneducated 30,000 foot armchair nuclear reactor officiating i'd be like all right we're probably all going to get coronavirus probably a small percentage are going to die and that's a lot better than a nuclear meltdown because if a nuclear meltdown happens now you got to clean it up and everyone's still going to get coronavirus yeah so it's like something something like that it's like like we would never cut get to the point like even if all our guys got sick and like say we physically couldn't staff people like we would we would shut it down we'd go into shutdown cooling we would have people there that could run it but it's in a shutdown state in a different opcon so like our staffing requirements drop like it would be we would still ultimately take the most conservative decision which would be to to down power to to not produce electricity and to protect the the, the public so it's but for right now, when I talk about that really that safety versus profit thing, it's like someone has to make the call where it's, are we at risk of infecting people? But then we have this tight pre-planned window that's been planned for two years to perform this refueling mm-hmm. outage where, you know, are we going to cancel it? You can't cancel it because we're losing money by the day. Like we're yeah. downpowered. We're making, we're making less than a third of what we previously were making. We're losing money day yeah. by day. Yeah. So it's, it, it's yeah. yeah, it's interesting, but it, ultimately they'll do what the best intent is for – they'll find that middle ground and they'll never compromise safety, but they'll find that middle ground where they can say, all right, we'll, we'll remove some things from the outage. We'll, we'll shorten it a little bit. We'll put in social distancing plans. We'll start sanitizing um, areas like doors, and they have done that. It's, it's, you've seen like an uptick in things like that. Um, but it's still like nobody knows how far this thing is going to push people. Yeah. At all. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, but I feel like even aside from just, that's like a critical piece of infrastructure, regardless of nuclear power or whether you're, you know, running a windmill, it's like you, that's still critical just in general. Like, you know, gyms are shutting down. Like, okay, oh no, I can't go to the gym. All right, but I can still walk around my neighborhood. I can still do push-ups, like, right, whatever. It's not exactly critical. But power generation, regardless of of nuclear or not, it's just, like, power generation is critical. Like, everyone's at home. It's, like, at the very least, like, let's keep the lights and the air conditioner and the TV on. Like, let's not have people... How are we going to get it to the podcast if we're not... Exactly. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about, man. Yeah, bring this to your managers. Be like, hey. Yes. (laughs) Hey. Nuclear act, whatever. There's a podcast out there that There's we can't let die. That's going on, man. Do you just, fuck coronavirus? Have you heard about this thing? This is bigger. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I like you're thinking. It's so, but I feel like that may be because I'm sure. So let's, let's think about like an an oil refinery or just whatever a natural gas power plant, coal fired yeah. power plant. Regardless of profit and regardless of corona infection, it's a very. There's still. You got to weigh just like, is the government going to say, keep that up and running? 
Uh, they, keep if that they came up and that, running. They would. Think yeah. about it. Like, all right, so like power generation. So this is kind of on like a really big scale, but like when you think about it, we generate power. Everyone's lights are still on. Everyone's still happy. Hospitals are still getting electricity. Yeah. Say we turn off. Say we turn off. Everybody turns off. Whatever. All right. Now, the hospitals have to use backup power, so that requires a, f- a fossil fuel, right? So now, a refinery turns off. Who's? How are they getting that backup fuel? Now, if a if a hospital doesn't have primary power and they don't have their secondary power, now who are they treating? Their ventilators stop working. It's like. I don't want to say we're more essential, but like we have like the background. You're absolutely we, like, more essential. We're giving like, no, 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 sure. But like, you know, right now, like, honestly, the nurses and those people, they're at way, the people working in our medical fields are putting themselves on like the front lines. Like, we're just back there to make sure the status quo is still maintained and all that. It's just, uh, if something was to break out, like, I, there would be like a Department of Energy response of like, you guys need to keep going on. It, yeah, it's it's a vital part of the industry. Think about the panic, man. If people didn't have their lights and power, think about the panic. Like, I be, would lose it. Yeah, it'd be wild, dude. It'd I'm, be absolutely yeah. wild. Yeah, it's I'm staying sane because I can sleep with the air conditioner on, and I do my podcast, and then after the podcast, I play video games. I mute video games, and I listen to audiobooks while I play. If I can't play Grand Theft Auto and listen to, uh, you know, a book about, like, Nazi scientists... Dog, now I'm going to fucking lose it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. so, but you were saying, you know, you guys are just, they're on the front line. But no, I would say you guys are interchangeably important and, I, and not being like, not, not exaggerating. I mean, think about like the troops on the literal front line of World War II, but think about like the war effort at home, like women coming in and like, you're now producing B-29s, you're now producing artillery shells, you know, it's yeah, like, sure. it's a little, think about all the little propaganda, like, you keep producing, we'll keep them firing thing, like, because they can't, it doesn't matter how, how brave they are, it doesn't matter how much guts and how, you know, grab their balls and it's D-Day, if there's no ammunition in their guns, that doesn't fucking matter. If yes, there's no fuel yes. in the, in the troop transports dropping them on the beaches, you can't have all the gusto in the world, it doesn't matter, Right. Mm-hmm. So it's yes, they're on the front line treating everyone. None of that matters if they can't see what they're doing. None of yeah. that matters if they can't, you know, go into the go into the computers or or you know monitor the systems or the, the anesthesiologists can't have their pumps running. None of that matters. So it's, I would say it's equally important. So screw your humility. You're wrong. You're equally important. <laughs> Um, uh, we're, I'll tell you what, my commute's like 30 minutes shorter. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's, uh, oh, it's different. It's a different time. We're seeing like, you know, people are, people see us as essential or our plant views operators as essential now. Like, you know, they're, they're putting responses in to protect us specifically. It's, uh, I think people do see us as essential, but, uh, not sure if it if it broke out at work, it'd be a very, very interesting time and challenging to see how many different agencies would respond along with just us, mm. like the the contingencies that would they would take. And my work is pretty prepared. Like we've had like procedures for emergency preparedness due to pandemics and stuff, and it's uh it's wild to think about. I think during one of the outbreaks, like H one N one, or like a couple years ago, they actually sent everybody like not panic kits but along those lines with like masks and um 
what else they sent? They sent like a bot, like a case of water, masks. I think like hand sanitizer and like disinfecting kits. So it's like they're they're a pretty prepared organization um, for a breakout like this. It just happens to coincide with the worst possible timing of when we had the max people on site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it's almost like Transformers. It's not to not to compare the sincerity of coronavirus to Optimus Prime, but it's like. You know, fate rarely calls on us at a time of our choosing. You know, no pandemic is going to be like, I'm going to come fuck the whole world. Oh, wait, you guys are, so you guys are switching out fuel rods? Yeah, we'll stop. Hold. Right, they're switched out. Now I'm going to come shut down. Nah, dude, it doesn't care, man. It doesn't care. It's, but I would say that y'all are even more important than just other energy production because let's say shit, it does hit the fan, right? you're eventually so let's just let's just take it to because that's all i can ever do is take things to the extreme oh yeah it's fun to run this yeah yeah if we run this simulation as far as possible because on a long enough timeline even the smallest percent even the smallest percentages of growth or degradation matter fossil fuels would be again on a long enough timeline maybe it's a month maybe it's a century i don't know but just on a long enough timeline that that requires more people that requires international agreements that requires shipping that requires all these massive uh uh oil oil tankers that 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 requires just make sure we don't run out of the stuff from coming out of the ground it's mm-hmm. there are a lot more versus like you know if you're if you're a mars rover or if you're like the voyager spacecraft like do we send those up there with diesel generators no we send them up there with nuclear cores because that lasts the longest with the smallest amount if shit continues to hit the fan if it becomes a perpetual uh just jet of shit hitting the perpetual fan you're gonna want the thing that lasts the longest and is the most efficient that's nuclear power unless the government wants to open up area 51 and give us some of that that sweet sweet alien tech right it's Yeah. yeah it's that's my two cents is i think nuclear power is is the most important because that's you know, again, speaking out of out of turn because I don't, I'm clearly not educated in this. But what do you think? Yeah, like if like if if like it got really bad, we're like, we'll just keep running with this. Say everybody got infected, like everybody, like hundred percent, like, and infrastructure broke down. All right, so say maybe pipelines could keep pushing natural gas through for a little bit. But even then, they have pumping stations. They have booster pumping stations throughout. They have people that are sw- doing switches, like saying, all right, you know, you go here now, you go there now. Um, they still have a lot of infrastructure to get to where they're going. Uh, and then they also have the operators at the plant running all those things. So if, if any of those li- links in the chain break down, then, yeah, that you would see power generation fall down. For a nuclear plant, if we get through this refueling outage and it keeps going, we would have another two years on the one unit and then another year on the other unit while we can just continue making power with no intervention besides Mm -hmm. the operators on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And it'd be, it'd be, but even then, like we still have transmission operators, which are the guys like in the little substations you see around your neighborhoods. They're the guys opening up switches saying, all right, no, like there's a fault in this line, open up here, bypass it, go around there. There's still a lot of people involved in the in the in the process from me at the plant to you charging your phone. There's a lot of links in each chain, but but 
ultimately, if someone was looking at it, say, hey, we have X amount of manpower and to staff a nuclear plant and then to staff electricity transmission, it might be easier to say, hey, we let's put our limited resources ensuring that the transmission from the nuclear plant gets to the people's yes. houses yes. instead of putting it behind the transfer of fuel to another plant. Yeah. It's yeah. It's if you I guess if you run it that way, yeah, it does make sense. Then it, well, it absolutely does because everything you just mentioned, sure, you know, you gotta have the guys come and, you know, do the magic in the boxes, sprinkle the fairy dust, that you know mm-hmm. naturally. Like, you know, it's yeah. A lot of people don't know that. It's actually gremlins and little fairies. But everyone that has to everyone that has to service those and maintain those, yeah, that's not something you can deny. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that that problem applies to to natural gas refineries as well, right? Because that's still yeah. just the actual transmission of power to the homes, whether it comes from mm-hmm. literally like, you know, an 1800s water wheel or nuclear power or anything in between. So that's... Yeah, they're all the same. Yeah, so that so that's, that's a problem in itself independent of power generation. Yeah. Yeah, put all our eggs in the power that's not going to go out. It requires mm-hmm. the least intervention, is the most efficient, that... Yeah, and because, I mean, you could theoretically, just taking it to the extreme, you could test everyone there. No one has COVID. Lock it the fuck down. Now no one can leave. None of you have COVID. We'll, we'll deliver food and water, you know. You can, it'd be like a jail cell. You can, you know, your significant others can come and talk to you through glass. But you guys are a power source. No one's in, No one's infected. Keep that thing going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Who knows? Maybe maybe we're gonna make a massive shift to nuclear energy. I would hope. It's like people are like scared of it though. Like, Which is be, stupid as shit. Yeah, it is. Like there's I, to put it this way, like who's gonna wanna if you're like a senator or congressman, like if you sign for a nuclear power plant to be built in your area, then ultimately like the only thing you can get is backlash. Like nobody we, a lot of these things that are being that are already existing are like 40, 20, 40, 60. There was a plant that just shut down usually 60 years old. And it's like, who's going to sign it to, to build a new one? Well, guess what? You have to have – you're going to get opposition from people. You might not get – will. there will be support, but it won't be like, yeah, you, nobody wants it in their backyard. I do. I'll take uh, it. I don't give a shit. I'm a realist. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the majority of people are going to be like, I don't want this in my backyard. And you're going to get tons and tons of flack. Where if you just say to build a natural gas plant, nobody's really going to care. Yeah. Like, nobody's really going to fight it that much. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know, people get so bent out of shape about it and they think like, oh, like nuclear waste, all this stuff, all bad, bad. It's like we emit zero carbon at our plant. Yeah. How many people can say that? Like, no one. Yeah, we well, we kind of cheat. We have like boilers to, for heating steam for like the building. So we do a little bit, but like that doesn't really count. Yeah. It's just like, it's like a boiler at a laundromat or somewhere yeah. like just it's, like that yeah it's it is the fu- it's been the future since like the 50s like the limitless power yeah. of the atom you know what does the atom hold in store what's the famous quote from the 50s it's too cheap to meter it's the yeah. unlimited it's the unlimited power of the atom and it's you know it's kind of like when people will point to like oh you know you know it's like when a boomer points to like oh look a tesla self-driving car crashed again and it's like, how many cars crash a day? Do they make yes. the news? They make it the news if someone famous died. 
if it makes the news that a Tesla car crashed, it's because it happens so infrequently that it makes the news. Why do you hear about plane crashes? Because it happens so infrequently when it happens. Why do you? Why does everyone know about the nuclear the nuclear uh, dis, uh, disasters? Chernobyl, Three Mile Island, Fukushima, because it happens so infrequently. Yeah, and both of the all three of those are contributed to like safety guidelines are written in blood. Prevented. Yeah, safety yeah. guidelines are written in blood. Things that absolutely could have been prevented, and then now we're at a place where it couldn't happen again. And you look at China, man, like they are dumping so much money yes. with nuclear power. It's like yes. ridiculous. They are ramping it the fuck up. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. it is, I mean, I was watching some, I was just going down some like mindless time suck on YouTube where you just click on the related video for like 11 hours and then you kind of come to, it's three in the morning. You know, like, what am I doing? Yeah. That being said, I was watching this sick video of this, like, uh, this Russian icebreaker up in the Arctic, and it was going to, like, rescue some Russian ship or whatever. And, you know, it's just this, like, it is just the epitome of just, like, of power, right? It's this thing of, it's, like, negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Like, you, there's, like, the huge icicles hanging off, and this thing's just, and just... Not only that, it's cracking through, like, Arctic ice, and it's just, like... This is the epitome of just like facing the elements and like and doing it in stride, right? But there was some comment that's like, and isn't that crazy how that whole thing? Because this was a nuclear powered icebreaker; it's the biggest in the world. So isn't that crazy how that whole thing's powered by just a couple pellets of uranium? And then it was just like this comment made by nuclear power gang, and it's like, but it's true. Think yeah, about man. It. It's like look at aircraft carriers yeah, for the United States. Yeah, man. but look where it matters. <laughs> yeah, and there have been crazier like because. A commercial plant is only allowed to have like enriched uranium and like a couple percent where like the ones on aircraft carriers and this is like the government steals our cool uranium. They yeah. have like up in the 90s, I think. Yeah. I'm not ex-Navy. A yeah. lot of guys I work with are, but they have like highly enriched uranium like like yeah. where they, they, they refuel every 20 years. Yes. And it's literally just that thing could sail around the world for 20 years granted, with like, like food and stuff like that, all that, yeah. but they can just 20 oh. years are sound around the and it's subs yeah the navy doesn't have any accidents they run pretty damn efficient yeah it's, they're they yeah. know what they're doing and yeah. it's not it's fine for the navy to do it but for us at home apparently it's not yeah it's I it's guess. like look where it matters aircraft carriers which which is our our mobile air force bases right that's mm -hmm. that's that's the long dick of uncle sam and nuclear submarines the third leg of the triad of the nuclear triad that can stay underwater avoid a avoid a first attack and they are the most important part of our mutually assured destruction because they ensure a secondary attack because they can stay under 70 percent of the earth's surface stealthy with 24 slbm submarine launched ballistic missiles each one with what 10 mervs multiple independent re-entry vehicles each one oh, of those. Dude, I don't know, but I'm sure it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Point is <laughs> that American flag makes yeah. you sound more convincing. No, um, yeah. But the point is, is what I'm saying is, the most important blades in our in our arsenal of weapons are the ones that these cannot die. These are cannot yeah, they die. Trust American projection and second nuclear strike. So what do we do? Run them on nuclear. It isn't, makes sense, isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah, and but. I don't know, man. The United States is huge. 
and power generation gets kind of tricky when you talk about transmission over long distances mm-hmm. but like put these in the middle of nowhere away from cities away yeah. from public fear and just build them man yeah one argument for against it though is that I watched a cool video on it too, and I might I'll, I'll send it to you after this so you can maybe put a link in it and Sweet. people can watch it. Is that it, it talks about like the cost of a nuclear plant building one versus the cost of a gas plant, and it 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 really talks about the initial investment of these companies, and it's like, all right, so you're company X and you want to build a power generating station. All right, so realistically, it's going to cost you four. Let's just Call it, and this guy breaks it down into units. He'll do a much better job. But it costs you like 10 times the amount, the initial investment, than it would for a fossil fuel plant. So you're already down, and the build time is longer too. So you're already down that initial investment plus a longer build time compared to a fossil fuel plant, which they can throw these things up in like two years, dude. They're fucking yeah. good at it. Yeah, just but, yeah. Yeah, so it's already, so you build it two years. You're down two years of investment plus one tenth of a nuclear plant. And then, but you are paying for a shit ton of fuel every day, every year. So without going through it like this guy does, all right, so six years goes by, you've been operating for four, underwater for two, nuclear plant just started operating, they're underwater for six years. It takes, I think they said like 25 years before nuclear starts taking over Mm. um, the cost per fuel and building for nuclear to become like profitable but once it does it's like insanely more profitable because because they beat that it it, their fuel cost is so cheap compared to fuel every day and then even then you're looking at like zero carbon over its life Uh, you know that where the fossil fuel plant put out a shit ton over its 25 year life and it's like (laughs) Yeah. yeah so if we can get some there's so much to talk about with this with like solar with like uh carbon credits and all that but like if we can get like actual legislation behind nuclear and say like hey this is you know we need to offset these costs to to encourage people to build more that's what we need to do Mm. it's uh it's pretty interesting to to talk about like the responsibility of the government to to intervene to make this more attractive to people in the private sector yeah it, that's what I was gonna say. You know, as much as 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 small government as I am, that's what I was gonna say. Was like, you know, that they're gonna have they're gonna have to be the ones who lead the charge because you're right. Yeah. Just looking at these private capitalists, these entrepreneurs, these you can't they they speak in one language, and the language is is bottom line. And um, if you're publicly traded, it's 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 written into your bylaws. You have to do the most. You have to do the most in your power. To increase shareholders or yeah shareholders profits it's it's almost like it's almost like the space race where it's like how it started with i had a guy on from nasa last week and he said in, he said in equivalent dollars it would be i think a hundred billion dollars to do uh what's it called apollo today but now look that that pioneering science is now being paid off with spacex with blue origin with all this other shit, you'd yeah. almost need to have the government step in and be like, you know, we will cover the cost, and like, yeah. and you can pay it back once it starts making money. Oh yeah, look at Something solar. Like, they did yeah. it with solar. Um, yeah. Like California did huge solar subsidies. New Jersey does a lot. You know, all these people that like initially offset your cost to where like you know the the cost of building 
when the technology is low, it's going to be expensive. Yeah. But then they offset that. So now it's to the point where they're making like solar is almost cheaper to produce than a fossil fuel. It's it's getting to that point because there was that initial intervention to make it attractive to private investors. Yeah. And it's hard. Like a lot of there's a lot of legislation between different states trying to give like like a carbon free uh, credit. But then is nuclear part of that? Or, mm. And of course, and then like the whole renewable is nuclear renewable. And then you're talking about like recycling spent fuel. And there's just a lot to to drop on one person's plate and say, decide this. It's uh, yeah. But ultimately, uh, it would be good to find someone that, that just kind of cut it black and white and said nuclear is whatever you want to call it, carbon free and renewable and make that more attractive to people again i mean coronavirus might be the scare that because i mean we have massive oil reserves here let's pretend we didn't it did we just cut the valve off a couple days ago it'd just be how long does your diesel tank last all right when that's up nothing no oh nuclear if we had nuclear that would that would work it's hopefully that that's i'm just not on board with the whole like nuclear power is the end of the world i'm like no everything else we're doing it is no. the end of the world it's and furthermore you know what i reached out to shell and um because they have a huge ship called the flng it's it is the biggest fucking ship i've ever seen in my life it's like a it's literally like an oil refinery at sea i asked them to do my podcast and they said they just said no it wasn't even like thank you for the invitation they said no you came on, so that's nuclear power one. That's shell zero. <laughs> that's so. That's all I'm concerned about. So when I'm president, I'll remember that. Um, yeah, please do. Yeah. Um, just getting on about it, the guy I had on Dale Comstock, the Delta Force bro, who who said he did private nuclear security. I haven't talked to him about that yet. I need to. He's coming on. He's coming on tomorrow. I'll just fucking make a note of that. Talk to him about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I said that, and you you smiled, and you're like, yeah, our security. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's 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 fun, dude. Like, well, it's kind of like not fun, but it's just like interesting to be around, dude. Yeah. Like, you'll walk. First of all, you the planet has to have security, armed security, like yeah, like AR fifteen in your hand, security Fuck at all yeah. times. Fuck yeah. Um, and like I think they're the biggest department on site. Like they must have like the most staffing, and it's literally like they're a, like we're a, we're we're a military base, man. Like yeah. there's. They have gates that they can control. There's people to control them that they can shut. And there's airlocks, and they can all be locked. And, like, to get into the control room, you have to – this would be wild. But first of all, when you come in the plant, it's like there's, like, 10-foot-tall fences wrapped around barbed wire around. There's these things called BREs, which are, like, bullet-resistant enclosures that are, like, 20 feet above those perimeter fences – and they have like gun ports and there's two, I think two guys up there at one time, maybe one, I don't really know. And like, they're just overwatching like the perimeter. Yeah. And then you walk in the plant, you go through, I sent you the video on, I don't know if you watched this part, but you have to, oh, you go through a them. bomb sniffer. Okay. And then you put all your personal artifacts through an x-ray detector. It's like an airport. And then you, but without the bomb sniffer. And then you go through a metal detector. So it's like you have no metal on you. You de-metal it. The x-ray looked at it. You don't have any funky wires or anything like that. So you already came in. You already got searched. And they have the right to pull you aside and do even more personal yeah. search on you. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, you, you're wearing your badge, which is like your your identification at all times. 
Like if you're walking one of these plants, you don't have a badge, you'll get a gun pointed at you. But like that, <laughs> that never, that never happens. Like that would never happen. They wouldn't let you in to begin with. Um, but like if it was to happen. And then you have to go in and put hand geometry. So like you put your hand up and like, you know, it like there's like prongs and it yeah, verifies yeah, the shape yeah, of yeah. your hand. And then you're allowed through a turnstile, which is locked unless you unlock it with the hand geometry. So then you're in the perimeter of the plant. Then you have to get then to get into like the, the plant proper, you have to, you know, let that's like this is actually the easier part, but then you have to like put like an RCA dosimeter which is like what tracks our dose we're receiving Jesus on a turnstile. Then you're in the plant proper. And then to get into like the reactor building, you have to scan your badge on the, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about this stuff. I think I, uh, you have to scan your badge you on like a, just... a card reader. And then you go into an airlock and then you open it up and then you're in the reactor building. And then there's nuclear guards kind of patrolling them every now and then. Like they take their rounds um, and that's the same deal with the control room. You have to get through like a, it, it would be really hard, man. It, it would be really hard. Is there even, can you keep, is there like places you can't go? Is there like further in that? Like even you don't uh, know? No, like ops is like unrestricted. Like we're allowed to go anywhere. Um, pretty much if, you, if you're a bad nuclear employee, you're allowed to go anywhere. Really? There are certain areas that like, just like anyone couldn't go like you you do have to get like a level up clearance to get um to get access to like the control room and stuff and not just like on site mm -hmm. um but for ops like like we run the plant we have to be everywhere um we're we're allowed to go anywhere there are places that security has to escort us where it's the let me think of one example. Uh, yeah, like if we're going like between the fences to check something, like they might have to escort us because they they have like radar that's like checking those areas if there's movement. So it's like we're they escort us. They're like, all right, we have two people in, blah blah blah. Close the fence. We're in it with them. So like they know their radar pings are are like you know us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, beyond that, beyond like what we get escorted into, there's. There's really nowhere we can't go. We have to be everywhere. Uh, but yeah, man, security is a weird job. They have to be there 24-7 like us. Yeah. They, they work shift work like us. It's, uh, it seems like a cool job. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, it's I, I guarantee it's boring. Like, you're kind of just, nobody's attacking you. Yeah. Uh, but, dude, you know, it's pretty cool. They have these, like, simulations where, like, they, they put in, um, I don't even know if they use their real guns or the blank rounds or if they use, like, like laser tag basically but like they have like simulations where there's like attack squad versus defense squad and like they get in like firefights to practice like an invasion on the planet like like they're prepared motherfuckers like jesus that's fucking awesome dude you'll be walking in they'll put like little signs up like a wet floor sign but it'll be like attack it'll be like attack squad training like call security if you have any questions like yeah it, but. you got it though i mean because you know if you're Wave to the NSA. If you're trying to do like a terrorist attack, right? And you might not even be doing some like, you know, you know, some like tier one extraction. Like, we got to remove the nuclear core, you know? We're selling it to the highest bidder. Like, yeah. no. If you're just going in there and it's like, I just want to fuck some shit up, but I don't want to be your, your run of the mill terrorist that kills a couple people. Like, I want to go fucking, I want to go down in history books. Is like, 
I like, or even shit, very real would be like sabotage. You know, yeah, that's 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 our warfare. biggest worry. Yeah, warfare. Go in and cause a nuclear disaster and make America look bad, or even just like, hey, if you're planning an invasion, cut out some of the power sources. Do you know? Do you remember the thing? Uh, maybe I'll, when I talk about it, you will. But uh, Stuxnet or Stuxnet, Stuxnet, I think. Stuxnet. Yeah, yeah. where they we took was, out like, cyber, Where is cyber security <laughs> attack? Yeah, and it wasn't like anything physical. It was like all cyber security thumb drive we went in and we jacked up their centrifuges yeah like or the nuclear industry's biggest fear is uh like insider like that's what we worry about is someone being an insider so like we have to when you first go you get interviewed by a psychologist to get bads so like a psychologist will interview you and determine you know is this guy an at-risk employee it's really rare for someone to fail but like if you're an operator uh, or a security guard, or even anyone bad, so you have to get regular psychological checkups every, I think, five years. And you also have to go and, like, get your hands scanned again and do all that stuff. But um, then there's things like you have critical group access. Like, I'm allowed information that someone else isn't allowed, and I'm allowed to view things that someone else isn't allowed to view. And our biggest worry is that there would be a Stuxnet situation for us where someone comes in, they're a bad employee, they passed all their things. They're allowed unrestricted access to a nuclear mm. power plant, and they bring in a flash drive. And maybe they're not even the guy, but maybe they don't even know, and they plug it into something. And then our control room, everything's looking fine for readings in the control room, but in the field, this thing's fucking whipping and whipping and whipping. Yeah. And then, but the control room still thinks it's fine because their oh. indications are fine. Oh. Like they're Ocean's like, Eleven. <laughs> yeah, like that's our. That's our field's biggest worry. Um, and it's kind of interesting because, like, nuclear is kind of an older technology, at least in the United States. So it's like using, like, having, like, an older technology combating this, like, new threat, I guess, is, like, a, an interesting time. Like, there's certain keys to open up panels that have to be physically controlled mm. by a person at all times yeah. or, like, locked away in a cabinet. And like as an operator, you have you have the qualifications to to touch that key. Um, there's all like sort of weird shit that goes on with like cybersecurity and yeah. defense measures and stuff. But it's a that's like the real biggest threat because real is good. Who's gonna roll in with a tank? Yeah. You just froze up, Kevin. Sorry, oh, NSA. Jesus. Guys are always ruining them. You know, oddly enough, the calls always do. I think it's like five for five now. In like the few episodes that at some point I've said, wave to the NSA, it always shuts down. Now, granted, nothing's happening, but I like to imagine that's happening. Well, I said tank rolling in a nuclear power plant. And just, <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, let's tank rolling in a nuclear power plant. Washington, yeah. D.C., coronavirus, warfare. Attack on the White House. Were you good? Yeah. Anthrax. All the 9-11, yeah. Abu bin Bajabudi. All right, I think we're good. As long as they know, it's just like, hey, man, just, yeah, come on in, guys. It's like, uh, I think it was when Rogan had on Bob Lazar at some point. No, when he had on Ed Snowden, he was like, at some point, he was like, they're doing it, obviously, through Skype. And yeah, I was about to say, I, I haven't seen that, but they obviously didn't do it live, did they? No. <laughs> But at some yeah. point, like, I think young Jamie was like, no, just because he said, like, no, it said, like, I think 
he Jamie accidentally joined the chat or something. But Rogan was like, oh, some a third person just joined the chat. Snowden was like, hey, U.S. government, like, come on in. <laughs> like, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all. It's yeah. Am I did I am I recording? Yeah, I'm recording. Yeah, man. Um, but I was thinking, yeah, if you wanted to fuck some shit up, that's what you do. Is you'd, but even maybe you're not maybe you're not a lone terrorist. Maybe you're, you know. Nowadays, yeah. There's like they do like credit checks on us to see like if we're like just think about it like I'm a nuclear employee, I'm two hundred thousand dollars in debt. Osama hands me a sack of shit with yeah. four hundred thousand dollars in it and says, "Tell me some info," or like take this hard drive and plug it in. Like you're an at-risk employee. Well, absolutely. That's I mean, that's Batman, the Dark Knight, right? Yeah. How'd they get? Had oops. Can you? Whoops. Can you hear me? Yeah, still good. Okay. Yeah, accidentally unplugged my microphone because I'm an idiot. Um, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, Batman, Dark Knight, when uh, he's like, I'm sorry, like my mother's medical bills, like they got to me. It's like the mafia or the Joker. Yeah, it's, you are an at-risk employee. It's, it's real, man. Yeah. It's or, real. Man, God, I hope Bob Lazar's story is real. I, 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 want, I want it to be real. But, I didn't... I didn't hear that episode. What were they talking about? Well, just, you know, aliens, UFOs. I don't give a fuck. Aliens, uh, no. UFOs. Uh, I got this new stuff, dude. I'm off for like seven days. Like we work like shift work. Yeah. So we, we have like long breaks. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a Michelob Ultra, but better. It tastes more like beer, less water. It's a St. Archer Gold. Saint Arch- Shout out St. Archer Gold. Yeah, not a sponsor. Fuck that. I'll take a sponsor. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I always say that I'm like not sponsored, but like it's not because I'm above it. It's because I'm just not sponsored. Like anyone yeah. wants to come in. Hey, yeah. Speaking of at risk, hey, I'm an at risk podcaster. <laughs> yeah, communist party of China. You guys want to sponsor me? I'll fucking switch this flag out tomorrow. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Tomicast. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's if you wanted to fucking fuck some shit up, that's what you do. Is you'd fuck up a nuclear power plant. And it's probably not going to be some lone wolf motherfucker because that lone wolf is either he's either planning that far ahead to be an inside man that if you're that smart to plan that far ahead, why would you not just if you're that smart and that dedicated, you could probably also become a billionaire. (laughs) Like, you know, yeah, dude, it's like and it would be it would like you'd have to get a tank. You'd literally have to get a tank Dude, even like one guy like say like someone did something and like made our turban look like a false reading. Like, we have so many things, like, redundancies built in where maybe they took out one of our systems, but, like, we have, like, four or five ECCS systems, which are, like, emergency core coolant systems, where these things, like, you should put this, like, video, like, in this podcast somewhere of, like, a simulated trip of a nuclear power plant. They can literally just walk away from the control panels and let it do its thing and it will shut itself down and start all these pumps and emergency coolant systems automatically like diesels will start automatically Jesus. like like dude like when we do like a diesel start sometimes they'll do like under voltage testing where like they simulate the bus which a bus in like electrical terms is like the carrier of of the electricity they'll simulate that bus dropping under voltage mm-hmm. which will automatically start a diesel and cut us off from the grid and we're on our own now because that under voltage condition could be the grid failing like there there is 
like they're dude like these things are so over designed and then we have eight fucking diesels like yeah we don't need eight diesels but we have backup to our backups like yeah. dude like it would be if you pulled this off yeah you got you, got you deserve <laughs> you deserve it if you could pull it off you deserve but again it's like it's kind of like a catch-22 it's like because if you were that dedicated and that uh it's smart and hardworking, then you can put that much effort into just you know creating a company and retiring that probably ease whatever manifesto you were writing right get yourself yeah, a jacuzzi be, and some hookers like you know it's it, it'd be easier to like take a bomb to, like new york square than it would to do this and it's just there's no there's yeah. no so, our fence is too tall we'll yeah exactly yeah so yeah. so that being said then it would have to be it would definitely have to be a state sponsor right it wouldn't be a lone wolf you'd have to be state sponsor yeah and but even it, then there's we got security yeah we got we have defenses against valves being mispositioned. Like if I go turn a valve on a emergency cool corn system, then all right. So like the whole thing is trust but verify. Mm-hmm. You're gonna trust me, a qualified operator, go turn that valve and position it the way that my piece of paper, my procedure tells me to turn it. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're trusting me that I did this correctly, and then you're gonna get another guy because it's on emergency core cooling system to come in and independently verify that I did it correctly, and we're both signing off that we did it. So it's like, say some rogue was going around mispositioning valves, like we're going to find it Mm. before something was to happen. Like it would take a massive undertaking and like mass negligence also on our part to, for something like that to occur. It's like, we are, we're put it this way too. We're a private company. If this was to happen, how bad is that for us? Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's not just like like, this shouldn't happen. It's also like, it's my fucking business. Yeah, like, dude, like, it you're is... fucking with my cash now. <laughs> like, Yeah, nuclear power is, like, so safe, dude. It's ridiculous how safe it is. Like, and we've learned so much from operating. It's, it's, uh, it's a good place. It's a good place. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have you be a regular guest, and just so we can start, like, a 10-year campaign of, of, pro, uh, yeah. of pro-nuclear power. I'm being dead serious. I'm, I've, I've, I fucking hate the... Because the, anyone that doesn't want nuclear power, like... It's, this isn't an opinion. This isn't a, a, a Democrat Republican thing. This is just like you, you're not educated because yeah, if you knew the facts, like, you would go, oh, OK. Yeah, OK. Like people talk about nuclear waste. And this is a good topic because like, people might want to hear about this. Like, uh, on, for one, like spent fuel. Like, I'm, I'm going to turn on my laptop fans because it's getting kind of hot. Let me know if it gets too loud. All right. How's that? couldn't even hear anything okay change beautiful beautiful so like for like nuclear waste like people talk about that and like they're like oh the nuclear waste <laughs> like they think we're just dumping it into the ocean like dumping it in the playgrounds just lay up yeah but that's what people think like like oh we're just disposing of nuclear waste like all our fuel that we've ever used in our core over the lifetime of our core is on site with yeah. us yeah it's something called ISACI, which is like independent spent fuel storage isolation or something i forget what it is but it's like in these huge concrete boxes with with all the core bundles in it i forget how many like maybe like six in it and they're just they have air cooling and they have like a seal inside so they're 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 being cooled constantly we monitor the temperatures on them we have precautions that if one was to to leak or something it's still on our site we didn't release anything we would clean it up it's not going anywhere 
So all that spent fuel is, is in a very safe, new protected, like securities protecting that area spot. And that goes for also all the nuclear plants that are currently running is that they have the security, they have these these ISC pads protecting that nuclear waste. Then you go into things like, I'm a rad worker, I have radiation gloves on, I take them off, I drop them in a bucket. That's like a low level um, radioactive item. That just sits in a barrel until radiation protection determined that it's no longer radioactive mm-hmm. and then it's disposed of like regular waste. Mm. It's, it's no longer radioactive. Then there is things like um, solids and stuff that we can't keep on site, but we can't dispose of. Like you, you can't just let it decay. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's in a secure cask and it's disposed of underground. Um, and there's guidelines for this in the United States, like where it must, it must uh, be at a certain depth. It must be under a certain level of radiation. It, it like. It, nothing is just done willy-nilly. We're not dumping it in the river next to your house. Like, yeah. there, there is none of that. Yeah, it's not It's not South Park where it's the, the sewer going out into the lake, and it's like yeah, the, dude, the like, three-eyed fish. Like you, you should have more worry about, like, a chemical plant in a city <laughs> than you should a nuclear plant, absolutely, because yeah. nobody really cares about that. I'm like, they're sure they're being monitored every now and then, but your average nuclear plant dude we have so many government agencies and oversight committees coming in and and looking at every nook and cranny every week that yeah. like we just do shit by the book yeah. we do it 4-0 and we do it right yeah and that's how it is like, yeah it's yeah which is why we're going to start our our 10 year long campaign yeah, to, to, jack, to jack up nuclear power but it i mean you like you have to do it it's like when you said like you know it's kind of an old tech in the u.s it just made me think like that is like not to get like oh you know a rage boner because it's anyone can point out what's wrong in the world that doesn't take a brain cell it takes a brain cell to figure out how to fix it but it's like the fact that 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 nuclear power is like old-fashioned in the u.s like it's almost like infuriating and it's like it's like the future of like like nuclear power it's literally like like clean rooms and like guys in hazmat suits and it's just like clean silent it's just like the future and it's like Mm -hmm. instead it's like but you know it's like what if we took that fucking same like that like capitalist drive of that you see at like because if you go to like a brand new like oil refinery or the shell flng that shit is like you know say what you will about the power and the fossil fuels the technology is it is bleeding edge. It is the newest, uh, yeah, most efficient. It's just the thing that we're doing with it isn't the newest, most efficient. Imagine if you took that same, just like drive. bloodthirsty like drive that you know, because fucking guys at the at the helms of those corporations. I mean, they're fucking wolves. Like you know, it's that's that's the shit that leads to like invading Iraq, like Dick Cheney, Halliburton. What if we just took that and said, hey, eat your heart out, build nuclear. Yeah, man, like that that thing I'm talking about, like the carbon tax and all that, yes. like make it competitive to build yes. nuclear. Yes. And it's like, dude, it can you could have the, cool. you could have the Exxon Mobil of nuclear. Yeah, you man. Could have but, it. Like, you could have it. it. What's gonna power Mars? It's gonna be nuclear. So we're not bringing we're not bringing propane tanks and propane accessories. We're not taking that to Mars, right? We're going <laughs> solar and nuclear. Probably more nuclear yeah. because if you have dust storms and you can't get your solar working. It, yeah, solar solar is cool. Like wind's cool too. But like, yeah. thing about nuclear is like, 
we we provide like the it's, base load. It's the big. That's dick. it. It's the big dick of power. It's like, dude, I I think we do like twenty percent of all the power in the United States. Like, hold on, I I kind of want to fact check yeah. myself real quick. Yeah, I'm well, pretty sure. Hold on, nuclear nuclear power percentage, or you would know it too. I don't know why I'm yeah, telling you. You know it too. Generation percentages. I think that'll get us there. Yeah. Power percentage, power production percentage. Ah, here we go. Perfect. No, that's definitely not it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 69.420. What the fuck is this? Come on now. Give me somewhere I can go to. Take your time. It's fine. It's. Oh, there we go. 19.4. Yeah. 20%. This is 2013, which is. Which and they have coal at like thirty nine and natural gas like twenty seven. I would almost guess that those have inverted and the natural gas took over even more than that. And renewables is at two point nine, which definitely went up. Yeah. Or twelve point nine. My my phone is cracked as shit, but yeah, twelve point nine. Yeah. So it's like even if you have like renewables, renewables are great. I love them. Yeah. Sure. We installed solar panels at my school my senior year, and it was like pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but like. Like you said, like dust storms can happen. They can get dirty. I don't know if you guys know this, but the sun is not always up for 24 hours a day. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And the window isn't always blowing. Although, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to point out the negatives in like renewables. I'm trying to show that like we can have the these positive, great renewables yeah. with a baseload of nuclear power, and then have this like carbon-free generated world that is, that is it's just clean and like we don't have to worry about power if we invest in these fossil fuel free technologies yeah nuclear can be like nuclear can be the training wheels and solar and windmill and geothermal that can be that can be the kid trying out the bike it's like let's try out these awesome you know these green like planet friendly things Mm -hmm. but if and when shit fails hurricane katrina 9-11 fucking coronavirus Make sure there's something that it's not like, well, if these go down, we're fucked. Make sure there is, yeah, the big heavy lifter. Put the team on my back. Like, you know, make sure. And, like, that's what nuclear can be. But it's, I know I keep bringing it up, but it's like, look where it matters, like, the most. You know, it's almost like when the government shuts down, what doesn't shut down? The military, right? For the most part. It's like, so you can see, like, okay, where's the true power lie, right? So it's, again, we have what? 11 or 13 aircraft carriers yeah nuclear powered why because we have it doesn't matter what's going on at home we have these fuckers going around because these are american projection okay nuclear submarines okay when we shoot something in 1972 that's going to leave the solar system we and we want to be you know we fired off during the nixon administration and it's still contacting us is that right nixon 72 it's whatever we don't oh, whatever fuck it i don't fact it wasn't jfk so but if we send it off then when vietnam was still on the evening news and it's still albeit it's almost dead but it's still beeping back to us and it's it's farther it's beyond pluto so all these things aircraft carriers nuclear submarines uh spacecraft probes and even the shit on mars the rovers on mars right or it, i don't think those are nuclear powered i think they have some Probably, dude. Your your smoke detectors are nuclear powered. Yeah, yeah. It's what is is it, is it Ameri- americurium or is it something like that? They have like a little nuclear cell in them, yeah. which 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 keeps them running for lifetimes. Yeah, yeah. But the point the point I'm getting at is is 
So look, it's almost, look where the power lies. Literally, look where the literal power lies when you have stuff that cannot shut down and needs to run forever on the minimum amount of physical mass. It's nuclear across the board. Yeah, man, it's crazy because like we're if you like us and France probably are the most experienced nuclear operators. Like France, like runs their country like mostly on nuclear power, and they're they're pretty cool. They have like shout out France. Every reactor in France is designed the same. So it's like if you're a licensed operator there, uh, you can go work at another plant because you don't have to learn anything new. Like if I was to go to from my plant and work on something with a different design, I would have to relearn. I would have to physically go through that training process again to be to be uh, or to be qualified to work there. Mm. So but even then, like it pretty much all be the same. It'd kind of just be running through the motions and making sure I'm, you know, I'm getting the qualification process. But mm. But um, but like France and the United States, like we're the most we're the most experienced in doing it. And it's odd to not see us, you know, taking advantage of that experience. Yeah, it it does. Like they're they're almost at like and like not not a conspiracy at all. But like realistic, like there has to be a reason why we're not. And I don't think it's, uh, it's just backlash. like money, fossil fuel yeah. money, dude. It's cheaper. Yeah, I was gonna say. I don't think it's public backlash because as much as like the public might not want nuclear power, when when someone in power really wants something, we don't give a fuck. Yeah, we, we're we're building this new bomb. We're building these new stealth bombers. We're doing that. We don't get. We're gonna go drill here. We don't give a fuck. At the end of the day, the the protesting hippies get bulldozed, and that's just the reality. Like it or like it or not, it's that's what happens. So there has to be a reason why we're not doing it. And yeah, it's it's that sweet, sweet fossil fuel money. How but nuclear money can be that and more and with no dependence on anyone else. Do you think that there has to be a government incentive a for it to happen? Because it almost seems like if someone yeah. could just kickstart it, you could almost it's like fire and forget. It's like if we could just make it financially appetizing to start nuclear power plants in mass. Mm-hmm. I feel like it could almost go on its own. What do you think? Do you think that's the way to go? Yeah, we talked about this earlier. Yeah, like, yeah. there has to be a reason to. There has to be an incentive where building a, a fossil fuel plant will no longer be financially appetizing. Where it's like, all right, I'm gonna have to pay a tax every year or every like gallon of fuel I buy. I'm gonna have to pay a tax on that. Like, yeah. at that point, it's like, well, why would I want to do that? And then you also for rate like you could do it both ways. You could put a tax on just buying a fuel and then you could put a tax on emitting yeah. nox like nitrous oxides yeah. like sulfurs um you could put a tax on that too um what if a, sorry, what if, a lot of places have um like they like especially during obama's administration there was restrictions on the emissions that you could put out of a power plant mm-hmm. and a lot of these places just starting adopted like scrubbers which basically clean the air prior to it leaving your emissions or your site basically um, and that costs them a lot of money. They have to put chemicals in and like ammonias and stuff to kill off these chemicals and that costs them money. But even that, like you still didn't, you, you still didn't, um, make them defer from doing what they're doing. You just added a little bit of cost and it's still more profitable to do that than stopping. And you can't just immediately like throw up the flag and say, you guys are done. That's it. Like you have to yeah. wean them off it. But like, I haven't seen anything nationally that besides what Obama did, he kind of tried to do that um, slowly, but, but you, you, you have to, you have to stop, you have to make them stop somehow. So is the move 
is the move not taxing those so much is because it seems like that we always just find a way around it it's like our, i think the control comedian was like you know you can only put up so many barriers but he's like like a monkey with a rubik's cube like we'll figure it out you know it took 200 years to figure out how to buy off like senators but we figured it out it's like you know whether it's moving stuff offshore or paying off inspectors or finding loopholes with the scrubbers like we'll find a way so it almost seems like the way isn't to isn't to jack up taxes on those so much as it's to just like make it make incent don't don't tax those and not tax nuclear literally make it like you know almost like a federal matching program like they'll match you yeah. dollar for dollar for because that will do it you could you can tax something so long but eventually it's like it's like those luxury taxes i think in the mlb where you have to pay above a certain cap the yankees, they still do it yeah yankees are just like i don't give a fuck like i'll throw yeah. it i'll pay that because if it means i can sign a rod for another 10 years i don't give a fuck it seems like that's not the way so much as it's like all right you know you don't pay taxes for a decade if you build this nuclear power plant or something yeah, there's things like way. like ener energy. Certain states have introduced like energy credits, where yeah. it's like if you're a so. if you're a zero carbon emitting energy producer, then you get a credit. Basically, like when when you sell a megawatt, you'll get additional money um, for not producing it with carbon. Mm. Like there there's a way to go with that, and then it's maybe you're not as competitive to build, but with the energy credit, your price per megawatt just increased. And your cost per megawatt is more is more is cheaper than a, a gas plant because they're getting the energy credit. Mm. Like there is things like that, and then they're incentivized to build renewables because that's what's making more money. It, there had there has to be something to to give people the incentive to to do that. Yeah, it, it, there does. Yeah, yeah, and not only that. I mean, I'm just. Yeah, you'd have to, because I'm again, I've, I'm I'm more of the like, don't punish someone for doing this so much as reward that. Don't be like yeah, you dipshit. Yeah, don't be like you dipshit. You failed your OCHEM test. Be like, yo, if you get a B plus on your OCHEM test, like I'll buy the beer this weekend. That's how you get people to be like, okay, how the fuck do I get a B plus? As opposed yeah. to like, I don't want them to punch me in the dick if I get a D. Right? <laughs> it's it's like, how do we dump incentive onto nuclear? I don't know. Um, it's complicated. It's like state by state, it's different. Like for for power generation, at least, they have to. It's really controlled by the state and not the federal level. So mm -hmm. it's like each state will have a governing body which controls their 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 transmission sales. Basically, like there's there's all these interconnections that you kind of, a plant will kind of sell their electricity to that interconnection or give it to them. And then they distribute it and then they pay that interconnection. And then by that you're paid back. Like mm. it's, so it's, it's, it's very, dude, the energy, how energy is sold and transmitted and, and created is, is like a web. Why? Yeah, dude, it's wild, man. And then these interconnections go from like state to state. So like you might have like three different laws in this state, but then different laws in this state. And then like, but you're still connected. So even if you, they don't affect you, they affect you because the you, the electricity is shared in that interconnection. It's, it's wild. It's really wild. You should try to find someone that could come on here that works in like the transmission field. Yeah. Cause it's, if you could master transmission, 
I feel like that could again from my completely uneducated like you know armchair you know politician like let me tell you how to run society but let's just go with that for a second if you could because what's the problem with transmission is it is it loss of power over distance yeah but they they kind of found their way around that like copper copper isn't mm. as good as transmitting over a longer distance as like aluminum so a okay. lot of like a lot of the power lines are aluminum uh, and then there's like voltage losses for distance. So it's, but also it's weird if you jack up the voltage and lower the amps, transmission losses diminish. Mm. Um, but it's, it's, it's difficult. It, it's, it's transmission isn't really the problem. Like we we're, we're pretty okay. fucking good at that. Okay. Like we're, we're connected to Canada okay. through grids. Okay. Um, so that's not the problem. Right? Yeah, the problem isn't like the transmission of it. It's like the people saying, "All right, well, where's my money?" That's the problem mm. of it. It's so. there's, there's a lot of problems, and it's like the states wanting their control over it, and the states giving credits to these people but not these people, and then who falls under this blanket, mm. not that blanket. And like you're saying, like the argument of do we reward or do we diminish? Like there's mm. a there's a lot to be figured out um, on how to reward certain generation. Or how not to harm it's it's a there's a lot going on and a lot to be figured out still so i always plug it because it's my favorite book raven rock by garrett graff it's all about nuclear bunkers from like fdr till present day and like the massive relocation arc and how insane these things are i mean everyone knows about like norad and mount weather yeah there's hundreds i didn't know that there are hundreds they call it the relocation arc because it's just a swath from like five to a hundred miles out from DC in this big like C shape. So it's anywhere you are, you can duck down. But they, they're going into like, and they're not just like staying on the drawing board. Like we actually built these things, these massive complexes deep in mountains and way underground. One of the plans was for something called Duck, like Suck, S-U-C-C, it was called Duck, D-U-C-C, the Deep Underground Command Center. And it was gonna be 3,600 feet directly below the Pentagon. 3,600 feet. And from, mind you, the original World Trade Centers were 1,350 feet. So stack both of those on top of each other, throw the Empire State Building on top, that far underground. And we wanted to build something that had equal square footage of the Pentagon, but just 3,600 feet below ground. And there would be an express elevator, and this thing could take direct hits of up to 300 megatons. The biggest nuclear bomb ever exploded was a Tsar bomb by 56 megatons. The one, the one dropped on Hiroshima was three, one three thousandth the power of the Tsar Bomba. These things were rated, the duck was rated to take something six times stronger than the Tsar Bomba. Point being, this was proposed under the Kennedy administration and was scrapped under LBJ. All that leading up to this. So if we had these things like planned out and drawn out and designed to do in a feasible time, in a realistic time frame, what if you took something like that and you put it somewhere like in the Great Plains and just dropped it a mile down and you just built the biggest fucking nuclear power plant <laughs> in, in, in that anyone could imagine and literally put it in such a place that if you can protect it from nuclear blasts, that means you can also protect, you can make it so isolated that nothing's going to seep out if shit goes wrong. What if you just made like a fucking like hundred like a like a terawatt sized 
nuclear power plant in the middle of the U.S. and just transmitted shit out. That's kind of like the Manhattan Project of energy independence. So, like, I don't want to say that's where they're going because, like, when they, when people talk about the future of nuclear, it's it's they're going smaller and they're building these things called or they're researching these things called small modulator reactors, and it's um, they're they're basically gonna the idea is, is that you can build these things anywhere. They're very small. They produce a small amount of power and they're passive. So it's like it, if, if everyone just walked away from it, they would shut themselves down okay. and run themselves in a shutdown state. Um, and they're also supposed to have like fail safes where like it, I'm not too researched on it, but to the point of where if, if everything did shut down, it would shut itself down passively. Um, but what they're going to is instead of having these massively staffed, massively protected plants, they're going to build these these small things everywhere that are protected, and but just very small enough for that area's needs. Um, and I, I really think that's where it will go. Um, and then they'll be a lot cheaper too. Like like this tech I was talking about, how it's so old. If you're building like that old tech now, like it, it is going to be expensive. But if you're building these small things that are cheaper, don't require as much staff, they can become a lot more competitive. Hmm. And then once they build a few of them, they'll become a lot better at it and it'll be cheaper. That's where I think it will go is in the future with these small modular reactors. Hmm. Now... What about security around those, though? They'll still have security, and they'll still be fenced in. You'll still have to do the same things. As far as I know, you'll still have to do the same things that I do to get into them. Yeah. But just like, dude, like a plant can per have anywhere between like 400 and 800 people on site at once, like staffing there all the time. Like these things, you'd be talking about like less than 100. Yeah. Um, and that also brings your cost down, brings yeah. it down big time. Is the power... That is it going to produce? So let's say you have 500 at a big, let's say you have a thousand at a big plant and you have a yeah. hundred at one of these little plants. So 10%, does it produce 10% of the power or is it Where? way let's... less than that? Like what's the efficiency? Are these things only producing 1% of the relative power? Let's look it up. Yeah. Our gen SMR power generation. Cause so like, these things, like, let's say like a regular nuclear plant makes like 1200 megawatts. Okay. Um, some larger, and this is just from Wikipedia, some larger SMRs require significant more on site construction, such as the 440 megawatt electric three loop Rolls Royce SMR, which targets a 500 day construction time. That's small, that's a very small construction time for a 440 megawatt electric plant. So that's, that's a really short, like I just said, that's a really short amount of time and 440 megawatts that's no small plant yeah now as far as like the staffing for that i'm not exactly sure but if you can build these things quickly have less staffing and still produce a good amount of electricity and then just have a bunch of them that's where it should be going instead of having these huge staffing needs and these that's that's really what it comes down to is staffing too, mm. but but get this construction time down. That could be more. That can make it more attractive. Mm. Now, would it be? Would you start to get almost like an economies? If we go back to my stupid mega plant, right? Could you get to like a point where does it not? Does it maybe not scale? 
Does the staff required not? Does the staff required scale up linearly, but the power produced goes up exponentially? Like, would you need if this super duper plant in the middle of Montana, a mile down, let's say that produced a thousand times what your plant produces, just this mega plant? Does that require a thousand times as many staff, or could you scale up the? Re- Was it not just like okay, we your plant has four reactors, this new one's going to have four thousand reactors? Could the new one still have four reactors and they're just scaled up? Like, they're just fucking monsters, behemoths, and still only require as many people as yours does? Maybe. I mean, you're also talking about the middle of Montana. There's not that – think about this. There's not that many power users in the middle of Montana. Well, this is where it would be transmitted across the United States. And then you would have losses throughout the transmission and distance. Like these SMRs, they're around – you could put them around populations closer. Yeah. You wouldn't need as many staffing. If you scouted up to like what you're talking about and like the construction cost of that would be literally be like a massive. Tri- be like a trillion dollars. Yeah, like literally massive. And then you're also relying on one plant or I guess four plants, one location. Like, like that's like – that's a risk in and of itself if you think about it yeah so it's i don't know if like centralizing something like that would be would be attractive where if you can make it the individual builder with a small build time small staffing requirements that seems a little bit more to me i could be wrong but that seems more attractive than having this gigantic mega project in the middle of nowhere yeah that that to me would be the more attractive option. Yeah, yeah. My my argument for my super big stupid plant would be, it would be designed in the same way that we were planning on designing something like NORAD or Mount Weather, where it's like, yeah, it's a singular location, but it's like it's a singular location that can it can literally take direct hits from nukes. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's one link in the chain, but this chain's made out of goddamn diamonds. Like, you know. It's, yeah, that would have to be like a like a government sponsored. Oh yeah, that's what it would be. Plan. That's what it would be. It would. But again, if you can't tell, that's also just like my my draw to like the fantastic. Like it has to be the biggest. Oh, ever. Yeah, like, it, like, the yeah. grand. Yeah, yeah. It's literally like delusion. Like that's why I'm not in charge of nuclear power. Um, yeah, my only thing is like if they are smaller nuclear power plants, I feel like that would be easier. So let's just look at it from a, a warfare tactic. If I simultaneously hit ten of these things all over the world, all over the country, say I'm China or Russia, imagine ten of these getting hit at once. All the alarms coming up. Oh fuck! This is all happening now. Yeah. You can't send a massive response team because there's ten of them. If you know, I go barging into your place, rolling tanks. Well, I'm going to be met with tanks in a short period of time. What about that? If there's, so there's hundreds of these little guys all around the country. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like at that point we got bigger problems. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Like if they got if there's tanks, it's probably bigger might problems. Have a it's probably bigger problem in securing <laughs> the nation. It's probably like, yeah. hey man, go underground to these deep underground command centers because if that's happening, sky's falling. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's it's the idea of like they're they have the science down to where like they can yeah. just step away from the controls and yeah. it shuts it's... itself down. Because that's not how it's always door. been, right? What? That's not how it's always been, right? No, like even like like I said, my plant you could we could walk away from the control and something could happen. It'll scram, 
which is a which is like a term for rods insert we have our moderator in place we're down to like two percent power um but we still have to like we still have to do certain things to maintain that decay heat from mm. from building uh, but for like in a day it'll keep running itself but if you want to talk about like in a year will it keep running itself i don't know these new plants these smrs are supposed to be where like if literally everyone died they would just shut down and there could be no reaction hmm. uh, well yeah well that's yeah well, that's that's awesome <laughs> that's, yeah yeah so those definitely went out versus my uh my mega yeah, your center. mega plant. I would be scared. I wouldn't want to be the one who built, who's building no. that either. Because you also have to think that that's like a, that's like a one of a kind thing. That like no precedent you, for. Yeah, like you 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 can't get it wrong. You yeah. can literally you can't get learn no on part the, of it wrong. You can't learn on the job. <laughs> yeah, like this, like these things are like supposed to be scalable. Like they're supposed to be okay. Like we had, we found our inefficiencies. We fixed them. We figured out how to build them cheaper and cheaper, and we found out how to staff them lower. Like, like I think that's the beauty behind them is that they're the the, the build time, the staffing needs are just getting smaller, yeah. and they can you know you have an opportunity to learn from your mistakes because it doesn't cost that huge amount of money to build it the first time, mm. and then you're like, oh shit, we did it backwards. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's almost like. If you could get like nuclear power plants to like almost like franchising like McDonald's, it'd be like this is how it's done. This is yeah. how it's been done ten thousand times. Yeah, you know, this is what we've learned. Um, to you, Kevin. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude. So, what is the future of nuclear power? Do you do you know anything about that? And is it? Is it nuclear fusion as opposed to fission or oh, dude, cold there's fusion? Like, I'm having someone come it, on to talk about fusion next week. That yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna pretend I know really anything <laughs> about that. But like, there is. I know there is a lot of research going into it, and I think from what I know, the biggest holdback that we have on that isn't the nuclear technology because I'm sure we could run a simulation and do it perfectly. But from what I know, it's the material science being able to withstand. Like we do not have the materials developed to be able to stand that heat in that amount of small space. Yeah. Like that, from what I know, that's the holdback. Huh. Is that like you have to literally control like a sun in like a two by two cube and keep it there and then have everything around it withstand that amount of heat yeah. and pressure. That's from from what I know. That's the challenge of it. But but I mean we invented the telephone when and then we sent someone to a mute to the moon how yeah. how much longer later like it's yeah, it's a matter of time you know, yeah you never know i mean I, could i say that's the future it could be maybe if we develop it but but for like right now and like the next 10 years the future is these smrs that i'm talking about like okay. um there are like there are already plans developed for i i looked it up on a break like rolls royce has that one i was talking about that 441 um, I looked up to the Tennessee Valley Authority, which is Tennessee's, I guess, like state electric department. Um, apparently, was approved for a SMR in okay. their area. Um, so, so like as where it's going right now, it should be these small modular reactors with low build costs hmm. and low staffing requirements. Hmm. But in the future, dude, I I don't really know any businesses that are doing it, but I'm. But I know that they are for the for fusion technology. Yeah, it's uh, 
that would be really fucking interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because, I don't know if I'd want to work there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like if one of those goes wrong, it's just like, what? Is that, that's going to turn into a sun, right? That's just going yeah, to eat the, the world. Like, we have, like, all these safety systems, but, like, I, I don't know. They would have to design safety systems for them and, like, how to properly shut them down. Yeah. And do it. Like, <laughs> it. It's a whole, like, do, like, proof of concept and then, like, proof of continued operation or, like, different things. Like, yeah. very different things. You'd almost want that, like, constructed on Mars. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know if I want that. That's yeah. one thing where I'd be like, I don't want that in my backyard. I don't want that on my planet. Because, like, what what happens when that thing fu- fucks up, right? Dude, like, uh, you know, like the uh, Hadron Collider that they have in, yeah. in, where is it, Switzerland or yeah. whatever, Sweden? Yeah. Yeah, like that Sorry. thing. Like, I, I remember people were saying, like, when that thing was first developed, they're like, well, what if you make a black hole? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Do you <laughs> remember? Do you remember that guy that broke in? Black hole. Do you remember that guy that broke in? Someone broke in like right when it was made, and he was dressed like a fucking like comic book character or something. He, I'm probably getting this wrong, but I think he had on like, like leather wings, like goggles, and like a pink skirt or something. And he was like, I'm from the future. He's like, shut it down. <laughs> I, I think they, I think he was just like a paranoid schizophrenic or something, but like it was the ultimate just a prank, bro. But yeah, I remember right when it came out, it was someone went in like, was like "I'm from the future, please don't don't build this." Yeah. Oh, dude. Well, what if he was from the future? You, I guess we won't know. Yeah, yeah. we just locked him away, and... and he's just like he's like our times, like Galileo or like Einstein. Like the future just, will not uh, smile upon far, us. Far behead genius in the past trying to warn us yeah. of all them electrons colliding yeah. and we just we threw him in a jail cell and told him he's crazy <laughs> we called him crazy they called me a madman yeah dude it's, i remember i was at literally i was in like high school and like we were working over the summer and we were learning about this and we were like fuck is this gonna create black holes and it's just like we just quick we're like let's just not think about it like that was our tactic it was just yeah they know what they're doing you yeah. gotta trust the people that are operating it and doing it in science and then prove a concept yeah they know what they're doing yeah i hope and if they don't no one does like if they don't know no one does it's yeah yeah it's but i think i think they did something as like sort of like a gag like it's just kind of like i guess the the employees there fucking around and they got this like they got this like big shiva statue no, dude, that's their that's their statue. That's their um, yeah. that's like the thing that they have out front of the their entrance or whatever yeah. is that statue. It's like Shiva, but maybe the gag was all, like some employees put on like hoods. Did you see that? This was back in like 2012 or 2013. They all put on hoods and had like candles around at night, and I think it was probably just like them fucking around. But yeah. someone just so happened to be like trying to break in that night and they recorded it so now it looks like here's something that we weren't supposed to see and it's like all these guys in hoods like chanting demonic latin like backwards like around shiva on top of the fucking black hole generator and it's like these motherfuckers are trying to bring like the antichrist through like a portal (laughs) like oh dude yeah it's I don't know, this, it's all, like, crazy science. It's, like, what is this bringing us to? Like, what are they really figuring out there? Yeah. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. I couldn't even tell you what the purpose of that place is. Yeah. Like, it seems like it's an... Because, like, whatever we're discovering there, 
is there like an application or is it we're just like making the textbooks better because it's that's the thing i don't know like like and i don't mean it like a conspiratorial sense i just mean like like is this is does this hold geopolitical weight like can you make can you i don't know why i just said weight so loudly geopolitical weight like does this have the potential to be a weapon is it the future of energy generation and energy independence like because it's like it's like a five mile diameter ring yeah underground that cost a ton of money it seems like there's more to that than just shit into each other at light speed i feel like there's more to it than just like oh now we can fine hone the textbooks right like or maybe or maybe maybe that is what they're doing and like that's the future it's like no we just want to find out more about the world i mean that's the ultimate idyllic peaceful future where it's like yeah that's pretty to think about it in like the most like altruistic way yeah. like that'd be pretty cool if yeah. it was just like to learn Maybe, like just yeah. like pure knowledge i mean i'm sure there will be ways to make money that come of that thing i'm sure there already has like yeah. but yeah i know for a fact like the the r&d that went into that and like this is also like the material science that yeah. had to go in to be able to like withstand that like that's that's a development that, that continued okay and then like making like things like this dude like having like a building something like that and then having the the infrastructure behind it to support the materials for that like that's an advancement is because now you have like we'll put it back to the coronavirus like all these people that like now need ventilators and stuff you have this battle between all right we can scale up production for ventilators for two months but now what happens after we dedicate all these resources to building ventilators after this crisis is over now we just have all these ventilators being produced like for like where do how far do we tip the scale to production here to when our demand is going to fall off you know what i mean like yeah like putting these things into practice like like these uh this is perfect to talk about your idea of your mega factory (laughs) nuclear plant like you would have all these things producing it for five years, ten yeah. years, and all of a sudden it's produced, and all these lines of production just fall down. Yeah, and they no longer they no longer have the need to build it. Or instead, we have these SMRs that are being built constantly across the United States, and we have this mm. these production lines for years that keep having demand, and like parts break, so they keep having to build new parts. Like yeah, having that constant need for new production, that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, that's what Dwight Eisenhower's warning about the military-industrial complex was. It wasn't even, like, the size of the military. It's just, like, he was like, you can't shut down these production lines. Because, like, if war comes and all of a sudden, you know, we go from making two Abrams tanks a month to now we need to make 200. He's like, you can't be like, okay, call everyone back to work, start building plants. He's like, because the bombers might already be overhead. Like, you need these yeah. produced today. So that's what his his warning about the military industrial complex was it's like once you start these plants is like you can't shut them down because your weapon is no longer a viable weapon if you can't produce like it doesn't matter if like, you don't just build a hundred f-22s and then say like there we go we got them it's like well no what happens when war comes and you need 500 more or what happens when there is not war but one of them crashes and you got to plug the gap you got to have these production lines you can't just go okay well now we got to build a factory and got to hire all these educated engineers no, you have to have it. It never shuts down. So, yes. like, that's why we continue to produce tanks and fighter jets. And it's like, well, why are we making all those? It's like, because you can't shut them down. Because if that's you shut not, them down, you're fucked. 
nuclear is pretty expensive right now to produce too because of that like we have aging plants but you have like new fossil fuel plants so it's like all these private companies that sell to us that like you know sell us pumps sell us motors and stuff they might only make one condensate pump for a nuclear plant they might make like four a year for nuclear plants but they might make like a thousand for fossil fuel plants and then for nuclear plants we're special we have to have everything what's called q which means like you have to be able to trace like the metals back from where it was mined to where it's transported so it's like our cost is like four times as much and they're not making as many so like it cost us exponentially more than a fossil fuel plant so like i kind of came to my own realization here these smrs by having like so many small ones and then like having the production focused on them that really should be the future and that's where it could go yeah well god damn it let's start our our smr campaign yeah, and I think is, we're there. Yeah. That's where we need to be. That's where the kid and Tommy's podcast will now officially endorse SMRs. Yeah, um, man. We'll sow the seeds into the public consciousness. It's but yeah, you have to keep those supply lines open and it's it but it's almost like the the military industrial complex, the supply lines like it's it's so vital you keep them open because if shit hits the fan, they have to be open. Mm-hmm. And them existing and being open that their existence alone could act as a deterrence against shit hitting the fan because mm-hmm. if someone's looking at satellite photos of the u.s and it's like nope they got their f-22 plants fully staffed like okay so they only have a hundred but if we go fuck shit up they're going to be producing a thousand within a week like that acts as a deterrence what do you think it's going to be like with the, i guess kind of like yeah the coronavirus like produce all these ventilators but it's like are we going to jack up our ability to go from producing a hundred a year to producing 110 million a year. Yeah, what are we going to do? Like, yeah. What are we going to do after coronavirus goes away? And all of a sudden it's like dedicate yeah, too much to it. Ventilators like, are us. But at the same time, it's like, is there any room to say like, well, what are we doing in 10 years? It's like, cause if we don't do this, like it, <laughs> there might not be 10 years. Right. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe we do what the nuclear industry did and we learn from this and we make storage facilities for all this mm. emergency equipment and we keep them stored in different parts of the United States in bunkers. So yeah. if we did ever have an outbreak, I guess what? Flip we can out. fly these to hospitals around the United States and there's there's no issues. Yeah. Like, like so maybe with the excess production that from what I've heard we're getting now, maybe someone has the wherewithal to say, hey, let's make excess, store them so we are prepared for the next event. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, then we're, then we're going to start getting some awesome conspiracies because the next pandemic, it's going to be like, oh, this is made by Big Respirator. <laughs> like, like 9-11 was big oil. This is big, big respirators behind <laughs> big respirators behind coronavirus. They had oh, to have man. some the, the greedy respirator barons. It's yeah. I mean, it's going to be weird, though, because I saw Trump said today, maybe it was yesterday, but he said Ford and Tesla are actually going to start producing the pieces for the respirators because like really? they have the manufacturing capabilities. And it's like it takes a lot less for them to shift their production lines yeah. than it does to build entire plants based around respirators. It's almost like the World War II tactic, like FDR mm-hmm. being like, you're not making Model Ts anymore. You're making tanks. Yeah. It took a lot less like shifting. Like, okay, well, it's still you have metal workers. You still have guys that twelve hours a day rivet shit. You're just not making Model Ts anymore. Now you're making Shermans, right? Yeah, I, I uh, 
I wonder if like people are buying less cars too, so they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll volunteer. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, well, that's what I said yesterday to the doctor. We were talking about it. We're like, you know, maybe we should be like crowdfunding, like building like hospitals and respirators, not even out of just altruism, because all these other companies like they might be willing to throw in a billion dollars, and it's to to them it's not hey we're throwing away a billion dollars it's throwing away a billion dollars because right now sales are down 10 billion dollars right yeah, so yeah. It, it could be it could just be like hey uh yeah we'll volunteer because it's like well no one's buying anything anyway and if they were well, how are you shipping them no one can ship anything it's mm-hmm. so yeah it could very it's in everyone's interest to figure this the fuck out and get it over with because yeah. it's you can't sell shit right you can't sell anything yeah, you can't, it might make. Hopefully, yeah. it makes us more prepared for the yeah. future for for future things like this outbreaks. Like, I don't know. I don't want to get political on this, but like Trump cut like the cut Trump cut like the pandemic staff like two years ago, yeah. and then like yeah. tried to. De- I, I don't think he ever did, but like he tried to defund the CDC like, God damn like it. three times. God damn it! And it's like, dude, like this couldn't have been worse timing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Well, fuck. I mean, well, then hopefully we can goddamn learn from it. Be like, hey, the next hundred presidents, don't cut the pandemic team because it will yeah. happen. It's what can what can go wrong will go wrong. It's, yeah, man. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I'll let you go if you want. I, I can see you yawning. I don't want to. I don't want to keep you going on if you're not if you're tired. Right, dude, or, I'm just tired. No, you're fine. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to keep you on if you're tired, dude. Well, here, do you do you have any other topics you want to touch on? Aliens and UFOs. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you know about aliens and UFOs, Kevin? I would do like fifteen minutes of that. You want to do that? Do you want to do fifteen minutes aliens and UFOs? I'll do it. Yeah. All right. I want to I want to find out how you're going to segue this. To yeah, that, me though. too. <laughs> I don't even know how I'm going to do this either, but um, fuck it. Let's try it. Yeah, man. If we got to deal with coronavirus. Maybe because we do know for a fact that we always have classified shit. Skunk Works by Ben Rich, the head of Lockheed Martin during the 80s and 90s. He wrote a memoir, Skunk Works, and it talks about talks about the shit we had in like the 50s and 60s was Mm -hmm. like cutting edge in like the 90s. So you got to think whatever. Yeah, and I'm seeing how I go with this, too. But you got to think there's got to be some classified something that kind of like tesla and ford you know it's like they're meant to make cars but with a couple tweaks they can uh they can start making respirator parts there's got to be a military application well there's definitely a military application to whatever we have that is and no, no conspiracy but i mean literal like classified works skunk works um i think boeing has phantom works like we have these things we have we have classified, secret, top secret, ESI, extremely sensitive intelligence, and then SAP, special access program. That's that's the top. We have these things that we clearly have, and we have manufacturing plants for them. Stuff that like produces the B two bomber, the B twenty one Raider, the the successor to the B two. That is a special access program. You can't get anything about that, and it's advanced as fuck. I know because I called Northrop Grumman and tried to get someone to come on my podcast, and the lady told me why did she said don't talk about that over the phone. I said, okay, and she said no. So I know, but all that being said, we clearly have the ability to. Maybe it's not even. Let's say it's the stealth technology on the B twenty one Raider. 
it might not even be that there is something on the B-21 Raider that we could use for coronavirus so much as whatever machining we have, whatever skilled individuals we have, and whatever material science we have that is classified, that could be so advanced that it's like, oh shit, like, we could definitely use this to like mass produce respirators in like 10 seconds. Like, I don't know, maybe they have some super advanced 3D printer. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's something classified as fuck that it's like, like, is there a way we could use this to fight coronavirus? It's because we can't produce, you know, it's in their interest. We can't get anyone to build planes if everyone's self-quarantined. And maybe that comes down to they got to classify whatever's at Area 51. And get it done. Yeah. That's, you ever seen that's 2001 A Space Odyssey, man? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll preface this with this. Before <laughs> I worked at a nuclear power plant and got drug tested, me and my friends watched that first time on Shrooms, dude. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude, I, I had read the book, but I, I, I watched it on like an edible, like probably about, probably around a year ago. And it was like... <laughs> I was like, this is how it happened. Yeah, like like, like bum, something like that, like bum, that spark. Bum, bum, you're dum, from dum. monkeys to... Yeah, to... yeah it's, the th- it's the, what is it, the spear, the throwing the thing, and it's like, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe the UFO, man. Maybe it's the saucer out there. It's like, it's yeah. the cure to coronavirus. I'd be... Yeah, maybe if it got too bad, they would like actually declassify. That's the thing, though. Like, like maybe, how bad would it well, have to get? And what 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 do they already have? Like, is it a biological weapon defense? Mm. You know, like, is it something like that where mm. they kind of have ready that they can so, roll out? Okay. Like, it would have to be along that lines, yeah. right? Like, like some a biological like, weapon defense. Yeah, some like. Yeah, it would have to be something like we've had this planned for like continuity of like we like all those bunkers. Like we originally we planned for the end of the world to be nuclear, but in the '90s we realized it might be biological, so we've yeah. planned whatever the equivalent is like would it be some sort of like laser that you could just like scan yourself with and it destroys it destroys you know it destroys any foreign bodies or something like and what would you do maybe you could like scan whole cities at once or something but it's like i don't fucking know man yeah, yeah i don't know yeah, i'm just fucking yeah dude we could use some shrooms for this podcast dude if dude i had on the author of the drug user's bible it's this guy in like like britain i think dominic milton trot and we have we talked about like psycho but i messaged him the other day because he was going to do an episode this week but he was like i can't do one because he's like i'm going on like one of my adventures oh, you know, wow. like south america right but then he messaged me yeah you know go through some ayahuasca or something but then he messaged really? me and was like all the flights are canceled like the world's shutting down and i was like what better time to get everyone to start doing shrooms to realize like hey man we got to make some changes to society like we because we got shut down it's like a meme like what would win an entire global economy or like one tiny virus boy <laughs> like yeah yeah man. yeah dude i was i had my seven days off and typically i'm looking to look forward to going out to bars and now i'm like yeah. sitting here doing nothing yeah now like, you're doing a shitty podcast yeah <laughs> no that was actually i could have went to my friend's house last night and uh like got banged up with a couple of my friends hanging yeah. out there and i was like kind of like dude you know what i always wake up like feeling like shit i got seven days off i'm gonna like enjoy my sunday do the podcast yeah. like i'm gonna have like fun with it so yeah but but yeah i mean it's not too bad that we're all shut down i don't really care i can still do the things i want yeah. i got my 
you can't see it, but I got my two monitors here. I got my computer here. I still got my internet. Yeah. So it's like, I'm still, I'm still fine. Yeah, dude. So I have, so I, I had like a shitty like Xbox 360. I went and bought like a used one at GameStop like a month ago. Because, yeah. like, like I said, I like to listen to audiobooks while I play. It's the only way I can, like, learn is I have to be playing video games. But it fucking, to no surprise, it, like, it, like overheated and stopped working in, like, a week. It was a used it was a used 360 from, like, 2005. And I was like... <laughs> yeah, that thing's been in the closet for a while. Yeah, I was like, it was, like, $40. And I was like, I was kind of expecting it. So I went to... And luckily for me, I bought the $2, like, warranty. So I, uh, shit. I was like, fuck yeah. And I was like, I never buy warranties. So I, like, drove back to, this is, like, this is on, like, Tuesday of last week. And I was, like, went over to GameStop. And I was like, hey, man, like, 360 shut down. And I was like, it's fine. Like, I, like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not here to, like, complain. I was like, can I just get another one? I was like, because, like, the quarantine. Like, there's going to be, like, a quarantine coming. And I, I need, I need like, an Xbox or something. Or I'm going to blow well, my dude, fucking head off. Dude. Did you see GameStop trying to declare themselves essential? <laughs> like, no, seriously, hold on, pull it up. Hold on, I'm gonna... All right, yeah, pull it up. Oh, but so anyway, I went to GameStop. and uh... Jamie, pull this up. Yeah, Jamie, yeah. Young Kevin, pull this up. So, dude, yeah, you got to get a Jamie. Dude, I'm going to hire you. Do you want to be my young Jamie? You can be young Kevin. <laughs> yeah. But... Hey, hold on, ready? Uh, I don't have the original article, but here's the one. GameStop. GameStop will close all of its storefronts starting Sunday following outcry from employees and calls from lawmakers to stay at home from the coronavirus outbreak. At first, they tried to declare that GameStop was an essential business. Hey, man, it, it might be just to keep the masses calm. But... No, dude, you want to keep the masses calm, do it. Do what people did and keep beer stores open. Yeah, yeah, that is true. But so I went to GameStop, right? And I was like, hey, man, I could shut down, like, and uh, he was like, yeah, no. And he, he was like, went back in the back room. was like, so I can't find like another used 360. You know, I'm just like, I was thinking like, dude, I'll buy a new one. Just give me like the difference or something. Yeah. But he was more like, so like, I have to honor this because it's a warranty. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. Like, and I was just kind of be expecting to be told to like go home. And he was like, no, man, we don't have any 360s. And he was like. And we're not getting any because, like, all the supply lines are shut down. I was like, motherfucker. And he was just, like, looking at things. And he was like, well, this is kind of like a perfect storm. And I was like, why? He was like, the only thing we have are brand new Xbox One Xs. And I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, but I'm not trying to drop 500 bucks on a one terabyte. And he was like, he went to, like, check something. And he was like, no, technically I have to do this. So, like, here you go, bud. So I got a brand new Xbox One X for the price of a used 360. Oh, dude, that's badass. Thousand percent, for just free, free. Well, forty dollars and the two dollar warranty. And I was like, "Do I need to bring in like the old 360?" He's like, "Nah, man." He's like, "We're gonna be like closing." And I was like, <laughs> so "I fucking went over to Walmart, got a couple uh, Xbox One X enhanced games, like bumped up to 4K because I have a 4K TV." Dude, I've been fucking rocking out during this pandemic. I've been at home just like doing podcasts in the morning and just yeah, dude, I got a fucking 4K TV. I'm playing like Just Cause 4 on it. I'm just like fuck oh, yeah, dude. That's a beautiful game, man. It's amazing. Yeah, it's not as I don't even. It's not as it's fun. It's not even fun. But no, like, yeah, yeah, it is fun. It's fun, dude. It can't hold. Like, it can't hold a fucking candle to Just Cause Three. I love oh, Just Cause game. Three. Did you? What do you, do you play? Piece? What do you? Do you game on PC? 
Yeah, I, I I started as like a console gamer, and then um, I need to bump up to the master race. I need well, to, dude. It's it's better. Like my my, I was always a console gamer, and then like my brother had a computer, but it was like shitty, and like he would always play like San Andreas multiplayer, oh, GTA San Andreas. Yeah. It was like a multiplayer mod. Oh fuck! Where, and it was like servers with like two hundred people, and like you would like role play like you're a cop, and like yeah. you would get like hard, like you had a name and all this shit. <laughs> So, like awesome. I did that for a while, then I started playing like different games. Like I'm into like, like oh, I wish I could just show you a screenshot of my Steam library, but um, I'm into like uh, yeah, Forex I... games, like Stellaris. I'm actually just gonna pull it up and read off this real quick. Hold up. There we go. Oh yeah, like Endless Space, Stellaris. Um, I got GTA Six or Five. Stop. Excuse me. What the fuck do you um, have? You have yeah, I got the alien tech. Yeah, I was like, fuck um, you. That's what you guys have at the nuclear. Yeah, the, like, uh, yeah. All what else do you Myers, have? The Total War series, fuck like all that yeah. stuff. I like, but that I play like Rocket League, League of Legends, yeah. like that type of shit. Dude, I need to get a PC rig. Oh, it's dude. It's is it the way to go? So much, yeah, dude. Like, honestly, when I first got my job, like I didn't have that much money, but I was like, all right, I'm gonna be making a lot of money. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna get like a credit card with zero percent APR, and I don't recommend doing this unless you know what you're doing. And I just like carried a balance each month of paying it off, but so I was still building credit. Just I wasn't get a hit, taking an interest hit, and then like I paid it off completely over like six months, and I basically got it for interest free, and built credit. And I was like, this is banging. Now yeah. I have my like two thousand dollar rig. I paid Fuck off over yeah. like six months. Fuck yeah! And it was like the way to go. Dude, I want to get one so badly. I want to get a gaming rig, cause like my best friend lives in Baltimore. Whenever I go up to his house with his roommate. I'm always like bringing up an Xbox, and they're always like, "You fucking casual." And I go up to their rooms, and they've just got yeah. these big fucking like curved OLEDs, and you know they got their water cooled. It's like LED lights, and they're just fucking around, and it's just like it's, they're literally like, "Yeah." Oh uh, yeah, I got my two monitors, yeah. dude. I moved my keyboard so we could do this, yeah. but like my yeah my two monitors. Yeah, I, got, man, I need to. I my gaming headset. I need my, to. My computer is like water cooled. Yeah. It's got the LEDs and all that. Like, <sighs> I need to, man. And I said, dude, you run a podcast. Like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> like, you run a podcast, get one, catch a little bullshit webcam up yeah. there or like better tech. Yeah. And then, like, I'm sure some of your problems are with that. Like, you have a shitty audio card in your laptop. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like, so I started uh, online graphic design school. So I'm, I'm 29. I graduated UGA in 2013, got into okay. med school, did some kind of went on an insane, uh, personal journey for like five years and then started a uh start online graphic design school this past august and i was like shit i can't do this stuff on, a, on an ipad so i got a brand new yeah. macbook pro primo for graphic design perfect you know they always, like my pc friends are always like you don't need fucking apple unless you're doing design well lo and behold now i was doing design and i was like well i need it and it it still is it's balling for that but I didn't start this podcast till December. I didn't know I was going to be doing it. It's just like, might as well fucking do a podcast. And yeah, even with like a brand new MacBook Pro, it's like, remember when I told you I had to turn on the fans? I've got yeah. this. I don't even know if you can see it, but I've got, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, I had one of them yeah. when I had my gaming laptop. Yeah. yeah, it helps. Yeah, it does. I've got fucking three stacked on each other for airflow. <laughs> and I've also got this like little vacuum in the back. By Opolar. Tell me if you can hear it. I don't know if you can hear it now, but it sounds like a vacuum, but it, it sucks yeah. the air out from the bottom. But I can turn it down to where it's quiet because that thing I was using, OBS Studios, 
which I had to use because the, the audio sucks. I had to use this to start ripping audio, but it would heat up my laptop so much that this, and this is a pretty decent uh, microphone, it would start picking up because it's so good. It would pick up my laptop fan like, <sighs> so I was like, well, I was like, it doesn't matter if I use OBS to rip dope audio if you, this thing is now picking up my MacBook undergoing nuclear fusion. So I was like, I got this like engineering problem. I was like, I need it to be cold, but I need to be cold and quiet. And I was like, I live at home with my parents, so I was like, yeah. I don't like, I don't have cash to throw at this problem. So I was like, yeah. ideally, it's a pretty simple problem, really. It's like get a really good rig. But it's well, like now we're back to material science. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> back to goddamn material science, dude. But it was. But I was like, the problem's easy. The problem's easy. It's it's get a dope rig and it won't overheat and it will be quiet. It's like okay, but I don't have those things. So like, what can I do? So each of these fans was like fifteen bucks. I got three of them. I got that like vacuum thing. It's got a little temperature gauge on it, and like, it works decently well. Like I can, I've been I've been dry testing it the past couple podcasts, and try, and like listening to it and be like, okay, like I can't really hear the fans. Like okay, that's good, but it's getting better. And the audio is getting better, and I'm slowly figuring this shit out so it sounds less like a home video. But, I mean, dude, ultimately, when I can get this thing monetized and just fucking move the fuck out, my first thing is going to be like, dude, I, I don't have a girlfriend, man. I don't, I don't have debt. I don't have kids. I don't have a pet. Like, if I can get this monetized, I'm going to get, like, a two-bedroom apartment, and one of the bedrooms is just going to be, like a podcast and gaming fucking room. Oh, and I just want to get I just want to get a fucking rig that yeah i just want to drop bank on it and just get like a room for it get like those audio tiles and fucking crank the ac up keep that thing cooled i already got a big fucking dope chair and desk but yeah i want to get like three fucking like 8k monitors and just get this like monster machine dude i still live at home yeah oh fuck yeah at home i'm like i'm just like banking my money until i can buy a house fuck yeah and it's like till the right one pops up but like they don't make me pay rent. Yeah, exactly. My, my school was free. Yeah, yeah. I went and splurged and I bought like a $50,000 car, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, that's not here nor there. Yeah, it's... Dude, I... I fucking... Yeah, dude, how do... I... Like, how do you build like a rig, though? Like, that's what I... It seems um, like intimidating because I'm like stupid and I've used Apple my whole life. And I'm like, if it's not Apple, how am I going to use it? But I'm like slowly realizing like... I've been looking at the new like iMac Pros and like sure they're dope, but I don't need a fifty-six thousand dollar MacBook Pro. Or Dude, iPad, you know what you're gonna iMac do? Pro. What? You're gonna look up YouTube videos okay. and then you're gonna have someone on your podcast Walk teach you how it. to do it live. And I'll just and it's I'll, I'll do a podcast, podcast episode where I, where I build and, it. And they're and they're gonna talk about the computer parts while you build it and they they show you where to put things. And that's you, what you're gonna do. That's gonna be a cool episode. That's gonna be a. I think you're gonna be that person for me. Do you want to be that guest? I could do it. I'll tell you what, my brother, I cheated because my brother, like, helped me a lot, but I know what I'm doing now. Oh, you slow. But, like, yeah, that'd be a cool episode, dude. Well, it would. No, because it would be cool is because I think it would be, let's say this fucker gets, like, monetized over the summer. Let's say, like, by Christmas I have, like, enough money to throw it around. Godspeed. Let's hope I have enough money for Christmas. Let's just say that's when it happens. What I would do is it would be, like, a multi-episode series. It'd be over, like, a weekend. But what I would do is I'd start slowly building it live but then like the podcast quality would start to go up as the episodes <laughs> went up so like you'd start to like 
one of them we get big okay now we're using the thing with like the better like audio card and then be like okay now we flip to like the 8k 60 fps webcam and it's like it would start to like and by the end it would just be like this like crisp clean cut like beautiful thing it'd be literally like a real-time transformation dude that would be a badass episode it'd be like i think that'd be it'd be cool man if you had me sure that'd be all right but like someone that like knew like the ins and depths and i could talk about like it more than the average person i could a little bit but like my knowledge is pretty superficial to computers but like someone that like works with them in day in and day out and like could like talk to you about it that'd be a really cool episode so yeah i think i should like get this monetized and just like stack cash put it aside yeah like how much would i need because i feel like there's really no ceiling on what you can do with there is a floor. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> like, uh, Your face had pain on it when you said that. Is it from experience? Well, not like experience, but like you like sort of like like if you're going to build a desktop, like a thousand like kind of where you want to okay. maybe like 800 ways you want to like buy in at. And then like uh, like you said, there is no ceiling like you could. Yeah. 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 I, I got one for like. I think after like my monitor graphics card and like not everything came at once but i think like after i was done it was like 2400 and like the monitor was like two years later and that was like 500 hours in itself but like the computer yeah monitors don't get so yeah that, that thing was expensive but i got it like on a deal from best buy for like 200 hours off it was pretty cool yeah. but yeah like that thing has served me for well, i graduate college in 18 mm-hmm. 20 now i guess like two and a half years almost mm. that thing's now nah, okay i got it like a little bit before i graduated like three years pretty much mm. it's been serving me and it's still not antiquated so like you mm. spend like two thousand dollars and you'll probably have it running for like five six seven eight years and you can update it though right oh yeah there you pull things out put them back in yeah like, yeah so it's just, so, yeah it's not like a console where like you can't do anything to it yeah you can get new. lucky and have a pandemic and go turn in a 360 for an xbox one x which by the way just plug an x even though i'm i'm in real time i'm like slowly losing like apple and console and i am being drawn towards the light of pc master race but yeah. like it's all that being said the xbox one x on a 4k tv holy fuck it's uh, i gotta give credit where credit's due holy fuck yeah man not well not apple's not apple is for certain people and isn't for others like i love the iphone and like but like i can't i could never use like a tablet just because i feel like i'm like limited but like the computer for what you're doing like graphic design apple's great my neighbor is a like a freelance graphic designer and he uses like all apple pretty much exclusively Mm. but like for for gaming and stuff i'm not really into that but like i wish i could have that gaming computer apple that wasn't seven thousand but it wasn't like the four thousand dollar whatever they sell yeah you can do a lot better for a lot cheaper with a pc yeah i mean dude the new imac pro the base is the cheapest one you can get is is five thousand dollars yeah you can mod it up to thirteen thousand and then the new mac pro like the modular case yeah i think the maxed out one goes to i think it's fifty seven thousand i've read an article about that but they're like i think they got some heat from it because like that stand they sold for it just like the stand was like 1300 or something but like from what i heard they were 
they were like targeting like movie movie like makers yeah, and like yeah, movie editors. Which, sense. dude, if you're gonna like make like a multi-billion-dollar movie, if you're gonna make Endgame. At, like having like a thirty-thousand-hour computer isn't that unrealistic? Like, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. if you're producing Iron Man, like yeah, go get the fucking fifty-thousand-dollar because it's nothing. Yeah. It's yeah, but like yeah, if you're not producing like. If you're not filming like 8k raw and like literally like doing a hollywood movie it's dude i think i think the stand though the thousand dollar stand i think that it was just good i think that was just free publicity i think it was no different than elon smashing the windows of his cyber truck because i mean you can spread it like a fucking viral meme for zero dollars so you yeah. can either send all you can all spend all this money on shitty apple ads like you know, just like whatever they do and put it on the Super Bowl or you can be like hey thousand dollar stand and everyone's fucking outraged <laughs> but what is it doing like coronavirus it's just transferring everywhere everyone knows yeah. about it I mean Elon got what 300,000 300,000 pre-sale pre-orders on the Cybertruck Cybertruck's pretty cool I like that thing man dope as fuck that's what yeah. I want I want an apartment I want a PC gaming rig and I want a, a Cybertruck I, I, I want a matte black Cybertruck dude that oh, would, dude, that would be that would be sexy. I don't yeah, need a, I don't need awesome. a girl, I don't need a girlfriend. I just need that thing. <laughs> That'll get you girlfriends. Yeah, fuck that. It's those Elon memes. Like, don't look at her. Look at me. Sex is temporary. Mars is forever. We have a mission. <laughs> but yeah, bro. Let's um. We should definitely, if you'd like to, I'd love to do another one sometime. I'm. I got yeah. a guest through Monday of next week, but I'd definitely do another one if you wanted. Yeah, it's going to be tough the next month because we're going yeah. into this outage thing. Yeah, dude, no. I'm off till Friday just because, like, we have big breaks every now and then. But, like, coming Friday, I'm going to be working, like, six on, one off, 12-hour shifts for, like, All a right. month. All right, yeah. So, like, well, it's no, yeah. It's and, no rush, and man. who knows? We might be living there in the next <laughs> week. No, I'm serious. Like, we might end up having to live there 24-7. So well, I might have to do a podcast if you're living yeah, there. Yeah, if that comes, like, that'll be pretty cool I'll, to talk I'll, about. I'll boot um, whoever the fuck is coming. I'll be like, sorry, I got a quarantine nuclear engineer. I'll be like, I got to do it. Not an engineer operator, but yeah. Fuck yeah, engineer, same thing, whatever. PhD, no, I, yeah, you're the same. We learned, we learned some of the principles of engineering. You're pretty much Oppenheimer. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. I mean, pretty much. Let's just call it what it is, right? <laughs> Basically, yeah. I don't give a fuck. There's no fact checking here. You're a nuclear engineer, goddammit. It's uh you're the thank the president of MIT. Thank you for coming on my podcast. No problem. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Tommy. No, but seriously, dude, I fucking appreciate it, man. And um yeah, let me know if you're gonna be living there because we we I will fucking cancel my guests <laughs> we're gonna do one from there. I'll see if I can even. Well, I can get my laptop there. Yeah, pretty wondering. cool if I could do one from live. Yeah. Actually, no, I don't know if I. I don't can know you, if I'm can, allowed to. Can you bring your phone? Can you bring your phone? Yeah, phone definitely. Can yeah. You can face because I've done FaceTime episodes. Yeah, I wonder if security for allowed to like film inside. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I take pictures of stuff in the plant when I see things go wrong yeah. and then show it to people just, just to document me, it. Just show them the American flag. Be like, dude, he's 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 on our side. Yeah. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, 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 I'm not. 